Listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew. And I'm joined here with Chris. Yo, and we're from the OtakuSpirit.com website, where you can go for all of our coverage of anime, new and old. It's from anime fans for anime fans. But yeah, we have our social media links on the right side over there as well, and our forum at the top. You can go meet some great people, talk about anime. But yeah, today's episode is our summer 2017 first impressions. We're always late. This compares to most people. Most people get in there like a, th- some people like a first episode point. <laughs> some people on the three points. Let me tell you about the entire show <laughs> just from the first fifteen minutes of the episode that so, I didn't bother to f- finish. They haven't even gotten to any of these characters yet. It's, it's almost <laughs> like we need to cover everything. The first three episodes. No, we used to do three episode point at some point, and somewhere in the four area, and at some point we killed our mid season preview or reviews and. That kind of led to us kind of going more for a later point. Um, but I think the different, more different thing in this particular season was trying to kind of cut back a little bit. Like, we try to do it every season. And uh, so we kind of tried to keep about three points. Um, and that was mainly because we were getting uh, behind as well from some other reviews that we were doing. Uh, but we got most of them three. Or we have all of them at least three. And then we have uh, some that are kind of continuing on, like, the four and five area. So uh, it's time. It's time to talk about them give people our impressions on them because i know everybody is like yeah this site did it and this podcast did it and this guy on youtube did it but i'm waiting for a talking spirit anime cast because those are the guys that know because we're we're fans for the fans right way to catch on the new catchphrase that (laughs) hopefully andrew can actually stick and not fumble over like he did last time when he tried to add it in there um but yeah Trying to give our, our impression on each one of these ones, and uh, we'll, we have a lot to go through. I think it's like 38 or so again, like usual. Um, so hopefully we can get through this in a timely manner. You'll probably have like a three-hour or so runtime on your little player there. So They've already downloaded me. it. It's not like you can save them. No, you, you're already there. Right. No turning back now. <laughs> you probably got us on two times speed, but that's cool because then it makes it sound like chickmunks. Anywho, we're going to kick things off. Everything's like pretty much in alphabetical it's, order. It, we almost sound like slugs when we talk normal speed. Yes, that's I can't listen to anybody <laughs> normal speed anymore. 
But yeah, first one, of course, being in alphabetical order, starts off with 18-if, or 18-if, whatever way they say it. I don't think they've actually phonetically said it yet. Uh, this one's streaming on Crunchyroll. We don't know how many episodes we're going to be running for. Done by Studio Gonzo. Uh, the source is a multimedia project, and the genres are supernatural. And this one follows, so far, this boy named Haruto, who it seems like he's kind of trapped in some kind of dream world. Um, I haven't really... I haven't gathered that he's sometimes out of it or if he's always in it. It seems like he's always in it because I know this girl named Lily who kind of shows up in front of him every now and then is technically supposed to be in this dream world. And she was with him in this, what looks like a bedroom. So that's, that's the only place that I thought was in the real world. So is that not Nyanta? I, uh, yes, that's yes. You're right. Kasumi. But anyways, Haruto is always in this dream world so far that we've noticed in the three episodes that we watched and it seems pretty episodic in the idea that in the first episode, he's the, the the gist of the entire story is that he's in this dream world and he keeps having these encounters with different uh, witches and these witches have some kind of issue going on and he's kind of solving them in his own way <laughs> or not solving them in his own way. Uh, he's just kind of ex- he's in the moment, I guess, is really all I can say. Uh, at some point in the very first episode, he meets this guy named uh, Katsumi, and Katsumi is this professor who is trying to find a cure for his daughter, uh, who's got this thing called the, uh, the what was it called, the, what's the fairy tale of the girl, that's, the princess that sleeps? The Sleeping Beauty Syndrome or something like that. It's where these, these people are like in a comatose sleep state. And he's hoping that uh, because Haruto has met this lily girl, that he might have the secret or something like that. So he's constantly running into Haruto and trying to get him to help him with certain witches that he's dealing with. Uh, the first one's kind of like this one witch that was, you know, playing or toying with people, and Haruto kind of had to figure that out. Uh, the second one was this girl who her family was like brutally murdered in front of her, and so she's kind of getting her revenge. And then the the third one was like this girl that was in this this like area, and he kept having runs in with her and. Uh, trying to find out what exactly is happening with her and why she's so isolated. But yeah. Uh, this one is... First of all, I'm not too sold on the style. It, it, it almost seemed like they're going for something very artistic, but at the same time, it also looks kind of cheap in certain regards. I think the visuals are beautiful. I think character designs themselves and how they kind of interact is a little bit on the the cheap-looking side. But I think overall, it looks different, and that's that's cool. Uh, the, the problem is that it doesn't seem to have a set tone. That's the thing that makes it hard to kind of really tackle if I like it or not, because in what the first episode didn't really care too much for it. Uh, it, it seemed like it was all over the place. The second episode seemed more coherent. It was a revenge story and it surprised me in how the main character kind of responds to that revenge story and how it kind of plays out. Wasn't really how I was expecting it. And it got, it got really brutal. And the th- and it, it it kind of rides the moral line a lot, and the third one was really kind of one of a, a really kind of uh, run of the mill tragic story, but it was enough that it, it it the way it was portrayed was good that even though it was a run of the mill tragic story, it, it still was impactful. Um, so I'm I'm kind of over the place because the tone just shifts with every single episode, and it does seem like it's going to be keeping this kind of uh, episodic feel. Well, probably in the long run, we'll probably get into how to fix maybe Katsumi's uh, daughter or whatever, or figure out this sleeping sleeping beauty syndrome or whatever it's called. So yeah, I don't know I'm mixed on it. I'm I'm pretty mixed on it as well. I I 
it's one of those shows that I think that it just rides too heavily on the dark side, trying to, I almost want to say it's trying to push the edge and push the envelope to try and make it more appealing, but it doesn't, and, it, and I, I know that it wants to be um, something that is trying to capture the the heart of each one of these girls, for lack of a better term, as, as of yet, it hasn't shown a male witch yet, so... Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to tr- quite capture the essence of what these people are, it, what what the problem is in each one of these people. I, I see that it's trying to, uh, but it it's just not quite getting it all the way there for me. Well, I think that's probably one of the more uh, disappointing things about it, because every single one of them kind of concludes in a way that just feels like, okay, that was, that's it, and they're kind of moving on, like the... Uh, the the second one was like this little moment of like, hey, thanks for kind of, you know, hanging out with me as I did all these revenge stories. And it's like, OK. And then they kind of walk their separate ways. And the second the third one's like, wow, he had this really deep connection with the character. And then he kind of just moves on. And it's like, well, it, it looked like it affected him in a way at the end of that one. So, yeah, good. Maybe in the fourth episode, it kind of gets into that. I'm not sure. But uh I'm just basing it based off the second episode's conclusion going on in the third episode. It doesn't really feel like they're interconnected in any ways, and that's what right. that's kind of the more troubling thing. Um, but it does seem like he's building a harem of witches. That that that's for sure. It seems like he's building a harem of witches because they all seem to have a thing for him. I agree. <laughs> Maybe in the, the climactic final battle, he'll bring all of his witches together to, no, that, to that, help. The, no, that's the, the, that's the, the thing is, as it stands right now, they're all gone. So I don't know. Or are they, Chris? They just walk through well, doors. They two of them, up. I'm assuming, has woken up. So, uh, Next one we have is Aho Girl. Uh, this one is streaming on Crunchyroll. We don't know how many episodes are going for it. It's a 12-minute short, and we've gotten to five of them so far. Uh, Studio Dean, or Studio Dean, <laughs> Studio Diomedia is the studio for it. And uh, it's based off of four-comma manga, and the genres are comedy, romance, school, shonen. And the story goes banana. I just wrote banana. The story's banana. The plot's banana. The catalyst is banana. Um, banana. Well, the name of the show is Aho Girl, which translated is Dumb Girl, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Something like that. If that's all you need to know about this show, it's dumb. <laughs> Essentially follows this girl named Yoshiko, who has a childhood friend named Akuro, or Akuru, sorry. And Akuru, uh, he's... Seems like he's more level-headed, but then when it comes to dealing with Yoshiko, who is a, as the name permits, is an idiot. He has no uh, patience for he her. He has no patience for her whatsoever, doesn't like to deal with her, and she seems to have some huge crush on him, or feels they're destined to be together, uh, but banana, and uh, she's obsessed with bananas, and she's an idiot, and she's flunked school, and her mother really badly wants him to get with her so that she has, like, a retirement... <laughs> <laughs> like solidified because she doesn't think anybody else will take care of Yoshiko. <laughs> <laughs> and they're joined by uh, Fuki, who is the student council or the uh, disciplinary committee member of the school. And she uh, has a thing for Akuro as well. And then of course, Yoshiko's friend uh, Sayaka, who is pure and perfect. <laughs> She's like the only good thing in the show. Everybody else is disgusting or bad. <laughs> like Yoshiko is an idiot. Um, she is voiced by one of the best seiyus in the entire anime industry right now, but she's still an idiot. <laughs> Akuro is violent, and I hate him because of that. 
uh, Fuki is kind of funny and cute in the idea that she's obsessed with this guy, but she's almost in stalker mode. And the mother is crazy. And then there's also this guy that's like a, he's like a, he's a dog. He's the dog. He's a thug who just wants to have a friend, which that was hilarious, by the way. Uh, And Sayaka is like this, this pure thing that's there that just wants everybody to be happy. And yeah, it's that way. Yeah. This, this show does two different things for me. At one moment, it has me laughing my butt off. I, just the absurdity of these characters and how well it kind of how well it kind of progresses through the the jokes they're kind of doing, and then there's this other side of me that goes, yeah, that was a bit too much, uh, and the bit too much is not in regards to the comedy; it's the violent comedy, because sadly the writing behind this relies too heavily on stopping conversations and ending jokes with just violence. Like, Yoshiko is doing something goofy, it's stupid, he hates the fact that she's doing it, everybody's reacting to that, and then he punches her. And it's like, you are you could have done something better, but instead you choose to end every single joke with a literal punchline. And that's, that's where it kind of gets at me. It's like, I'm having so much fun with this show because it's so goofy. Uh, the mother, like, going off on Sayaka that she's trying to seduce Akuru from Yoshiko, uh, trying to take this guy away from her daughter, essentially, if you're not following the names here. And she's like claiming that this girl is a literal, uh, she's after him. And so she has to have her prove it by showing her underwear. And it's just that whole scene was absolutely absurd and funny, but then it always ends it with violence. It, 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 it that's the only troubling thing that I have with the show. Other than that, I, I, I love it. Mm, pretty much in the same roads as me. I, the the slapstick, I think it does get a little bit kind of over the top, but for the most part, I'm having fun with it. It's silly. Um, I some of the some of the jokes hit, some of the jokes don't hit for me, and that's about it for me. Yep, yep. All right, uh, welcome to the ballroom or ballroom Yokoso. This one's streaming on Amazon, slated for 24 episodes. We're on episode five of it so far, uh, being done by Studio Production IG. So we literally are in no particular order, because <laughs> that should be at the bottom. I thought we were in... Well, it's based off the Japanese name. Ah. But I always like to say the English name first, because I think most of our listeners are watching them on these services, hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, sources of manga. The genres are comedy, sports, drama, romance, school, shonen. And this one follows a boy named Tatara, or Tatara. Who Tatara, it seems like early on you kind of get this gist that he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life. He's kind of like that typical male protagonist character that just doesn't have goals. The teachers are saying, what are you going to do in your future? You got to, you got to, you got to choose. And uh, he noticed this other girl in the same, the the actual uh, faculty room that was kind of getting the same lecture. And so he's like, "Ah, she's got to be just like me. Uh, Well, later on, he's walking down the street and he comes across, he sees her walking into this uh, particular building. He's like, well, why is she going in that building? And these guys kind of show up and try to take some money from him. And this really tall dude shows up on a motorcycle. Uh, And it turns out this guy that shows up, he's actually this teacher of this place that this girl went into, which turns out to be a ballroom dancing training facility. And they're looking for new members. Uh, Of course, Tatara doesn't really have money to pay for it. But uh, after watching some videos that one of the other uh, owners of the particular ballroom dancing training place slipped into his bag. 
he just gets fascinating with this idea of ballroom dancing. This video shows these people competing with each other, and he's he's showing them how they're saying, you know, look at me, kind of this this moment of like, look at me as I'm dancing because it's it's so extravagant. Uh, so he's he's enthralled by the idea, and he wants to go learn how to do ballroom dancing. So it's basically following him as he's you know meeting these people in this ballroom training facility. Um, this girl that is from his school who is actually really good at ballroom dancing. Uh, trying to learn the steps, learning the difficulties of it, and then meeting people along the lines uh, that are, you know, much further advanced than him and uh, what he can learn from each one of them. Because he quickly kind of discover is that uh, while Tatara has never done ballroom dancing before, he seems to have a knack with kind of mimicking people. And so that's kind of his shonen power if you show in sports power that you because every single one of them has to have this one thing that's his thing that he can mimic people he's not necessarily good at it he just knows how to kind of mimic people and uh so yeah that's the, that's the story going in uh this one i wasn't really too sure in the earlier points of the first episode but it was it was easily by the end of the first episode and definitely going into the second and especially this recent episode episode five this show just hooked me. I, I granted, I'm not a huge fan of the sports uh, shonen shows. I, I think even with this one, it does have those elements that are kind of uh, across most of them. Main characters doesn't know what they want to do. Uh, they go to do something, and they, for some reason, will stick on it so much that everybody's surprised by how many times they did that routine just to build something. Like, oh gosh, he he spent all night. Uh, doing this waltz over and over again. He destroyed his shoes and he didn't even realize it. Yeah, those things are in there. But it was, it's really just kind of certain characters of the shows are kind of grabbing me. There's certain moments of the show that are just really impactful. Um, the only kind of downside I have to it, and you know I was going to talk about this because I've joked about it in so many other podcast episodes, <laughs> I don't like the necks. Uh, this show has a huge knack for changing the art style when they go to dance. And I, I tried to tell myself, no, it's because they, you know, they don't have collars on. They're, 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 you know, it's, it's accentuating. No, they literally, their necks grow when they go to dance. It's like there's two different people doing the art for the regular moments and then when they're on the, the dance floor, which wouldn't bug me so much is that it changes what the characters look like. They almost are unrecognizable. That's how badly they kind of change the look of them. Um, but putting that aside, there's still fantastic scenes of them dancing. They're still full of power. They're still full of energy. They're still full of emotion when they're doing these dances. And as the story kind of progresses and you have this guy named uh, Kiyoharu, when he does his dance routine after some events happen where Tatara had to take over for him, it was a an energetic great moment. But at the same time, I'm going, man, this guy looks like a bird man. <laughs> the entire time in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, oh, ah, oh. But it's still a really cool scene. Um, but I think in the episode five, that's where it kind of really kind of put its hooks into me because it managed – the one thing that was kind of missing was any kind of progression to most of the characters. Kiyohara has a great progression in his character already, and it's only in the first four episodes that he gets that progression, which is really, really cool. But I wasn't really getting anything from the main cast. Um, and when they brought in Mako, Mako was a great addition to it because I, was, I realized, okay, now here's a, a partner that we can have in the story – that has something that she's driving for. And they had this really beautiful scene between Tatara and Mako and uh, Kaname, the, the teacher, that I was like, this is, that was a fantastic scene. I want more of this. This, this, if you were watching the first three episodes and nothing grabs you, 
that fifth episode might have that moment because that was probably the pinnacle so far the, the show for me and i'm i'm pretty excited to see what they do with it for 24 episodes yeah this show uh i i don't want to say i wasn't excited about it because i did have an interest in it but going into it i very quickly um took a took a took a shine to it, it and and from from the get-go episode by episode it it really did capture the essence of um grabbing my heart in and and just saying you're you're gonna love these characters if you don't um you're 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 not good this show's not for you and it and it and it drugged me through each one of the uh episodes i wanted to see what they were doing i wanted to see their their dance routines i wanted to see um especially when they added mako it was just like made made tatara shine by by folds so i i really do do love the way this show has just kind of sucked me in and dragged me along um the <laughs> it's it's so funny because the the neck thing strangely enough everybody hates the necks i i the necks don't bother me that much um to me they they add a kind of grace to the characters and it and it makes them look a lot more lanky for well, i know why they're term. doing it it just doesn't work <laughs> for me anyways I, I do have to before i forget i have to say best male protagonist character moment in a fall I have never seen a male protagonist <laughs> character handle a girl falling like this guy did. That this guy Tatara deserves all the medals for thank you for not doing the usual. You did right. <laughs> you did good, dude. That was good job. That was that was amazing. Uh, yeah. Anywho, no, I think I think it's really just a stigma. Like going into this, and that, that was was really was hurting me for the first half of the first episode. And like I said, it it, it pulled me. Um, the first half of the first episode, what was pulling me back was this idea of, okay, we just came off of Yuri on Ice. It's obvious why this is here. It's because Yuri on Ice was a huge success, and this looks similar to it. Um, I don't think it has any of the trappings that Yuri on Ice had that didn't really end up doing anything I, I i honestly didn't really get too much out of yuri and ice especially from the characters and this one's just just knocking it flat on its butt because it's it's got the characters and there's so much there that they're kind of driving for um i know i'm making so many people angry about talking about this <laughs> <laughs> but it had the it had that yuri on ice element there of is, is that the only reason this is here or is there something here and it had the trappings of this is a sports shonen show you're showing me some of them tropes. What else do you have? I hope you're going to pull out of this. And it does. And that's, that's the important thing that I kind of want to point out. So yeah. Cool. Uh, a centaur's life is our next one or centaur. No, Nayami. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for 12 episodes, uh, being done by studio whole liners, animation league, 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 dun, dun, dun. Sources of manga, comedy, fantasy, seinen, slice of life, supernatural is the genres. Uh, and this one takes place in a world where there's no humans. There's no <laughs> humans whatsoever. Every it's it's a it's a standard modern day setting. Just there's no humans at all. Um, and we follow a girl who is a centaur who is going to school with her classmates Nozomi, who is like some kind of uh, devil girl, something like that. Um, yeah, and Manami, who is an angel girl. Uh, some weird kind of 
fawn girl and a unicorn. I don't know what the hell these things are. They're just, they're, they're monster girls. Uh, <laughs> and it's just basically going the daily lives of them. And it, it kind of seems like it's split up between each episode has like two skits or two segmented stories. And each one of these stories is kind of following a different thing in them. Like uh, Hime is a model and there's a girl that's kind of blackmailing one of her friends uh, to tell somebody that she's working as a part-time job, uh, going to a all mermaid type school and how it's kind of, a seems like a different, uh, different country or something like that. Cause it seems like they were segmented by military. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that was about. Um, but it's kind of like this, this thing of like, okay, here's a modern setting, but they're all monster people. And here's how they deal with their daily lives. Naturally kind of stuff. And that's, what's kind of really cool. Uh, and of course, you know, sprinkled in there quite obviously is this kind of really weird propaganda stuff that's kind of mixed in there. Not propaganda as in that they're trying to say something, but more propaganda as this is the world they're in. Um, there's this really heavy thing against people. Uh, you know, equality is a really important thing in their society. They don't want, you know, mer people to be looked down upon because they're, they can't walk. They have to be carried. Um, you know, you don't want people riding on the backs of centaurs and treating them like they're some kind of transportation. So there's, there's propaganda against that. They even have children's book at some point, one of the characters talking to, or one of the characters is telling the, a kid, a, a, a storybook. And at some point it like, it ends with, you know, and the, and the democratic party was happy and everybody was, you know, peaceful or something like that. It's like, even in the children's book, there's like all this propaganda that's in there that is trying to drive their society into these people's minds. And then, of course, whenever they talk about things like that, it kind of is, oh, you're be careful, you're going to get taken away by the the, the Equality Society or whatever. Um, so that's kind of mixed in there along with these cute girls, monster girls, dealing with their daily lives. Um, yeah, so this one, thankfully, Holeliners isn't completely destroying it. Uh, we were really afraid of that because Holeliners hasn't really been doing great stuff so far. And this was one of those ones like, wow, this is kind of the one that people talk about here and there. So hopefully they don't destroy it. Uh, visually, it looks good. Um, I am very impressed with how well they're doing with it. I mean, especially animating a stinking centaur, which is probably not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> they're pulling it off well. So I, I, I get the, the visual aspect of it. Um, I'm still unsure about the propaganda thing. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to get to a point where that gets a little bit too heavy. So far, it hasn't been bothering me. So it's just one of those little quirks of the world that they're in. And I kind of enjoy that. Uh, the only kind of issues I really have is that I don't like the fact that it's segmented. Um, I would like to have been more uh, full on stories. Uh, I don't think that it seems it doesn't seem like they're trying to push a progressing story. It just really seems like they're skits. Um, and so that might keep it from really going anywhere. Uh, which is not a huge, terrible thing. If that's what they're planning on going with, that, that's fine. Um, and I don't really like that it still has that whole liners feel to how things progress. Like, everything seems to hold a note, like, five seconds too long. A character says something, and somebody just takes, like, five seconds longer to respond to it. And that's something that I've always seen with the whole liners ones, and it's kind of prevalent here as well. It's not killing the show, but it's just a note. Yeah, that's pretty much my biggest beef with it is it, it, it overall it feels like things are I don't know. I want to say it's almost disjointed. It it feels like things don't quite flow right. And I and I don't know how to better describe it than that. It just it feels like there's this random kind of oomps and then and then the 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 punchline comes. Okay. Well, it just doesn't feel right. 
Um, the character is kind of cute. Um, I, I've generally enjoyed myself with most of them. Um, but I de- haven't really gotten that far. And, and I, I get a kick out of the, the, when Andrew said the human thing, uh, it, it was one of those weird things in the first episode, they were explaining the evolution of these characters and mention these creatures that never existed that are called humans. Okay. How do you know what humans are without them actually existing? And they've men- mentioned, made mention of humans several times. I don't remember them saying specifically they never existed, but I do remember they, how they kind of point out of like, uh, yeah, these, uh, we're not going to be bad like them humans who didn't accept equality or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, there is one of those moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, gotcha. I, I, I'm not going to deny it, but yeah, we're wanting to say something. That's fine. Uh, I, I thought it was cute. Manami, who has the, the cat sisters. So she's, her parents are an angel and a cat girl or a cat guy. I don't remember exactly which was which. I think it's a cat guy and, a, and an angel girl or something like that. So he's got, she's got, she's the only angel daughter and the rest of them are cat girls. And it's really adorable. They had the whole kissing thing. That was, that was cute. Shino didn't want them kissing Hime. Right. <laughs> Her cousin, or the, the, she knows, is adorable too. The, okay, that was that was one of the only other parts. Where I was like, okay, that looks really weird, and it's a totally Holander thing, I guess. <laughs> is Hime's like carrying Shino and puts her into the car? And it's like she's way too small. She's not that small. <laughs> she's like literally carrying her in the size of her hand, like she's carrying a puppy. It's like no, Shino is big. She's a centaur girl, and she's a big girl. It's, it's got a lot of really cute moments. It's got a lot of really good little moments of laughing too. So it's laughing. Is that a word? I don't know. So it's 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 got me. It's just uh, it, it stumbles here and there. And I, like I said, I I would have liked to have had a kind of constant narrative going through it. Maybe the source material is not like that. So yeah, should we say best show of the season right here? Lights of the Cleone or Cleone no Akari. If you want to, that's fine. <laughs> Nobody's gonna judge you. Uh, it's just streaming on Amazon, which is really surprising. I, I don't think I've ever really seen other. Well, I guess they have like the cheese sweet home stuff on there, but yeah, this is a short on Amazon, which is kind of surprising. Nine minute short though. Uh, we're on episode four of it. Uh, this is by Studio Drop. The source is a novel. The genres are slice of life drama, and this one kind of follows uh, essentially three kids. Um, two of them are Takashi and Kyoko, who are kind of trying to come to grips with something that they're kind of dealing with in their school. And there's this, this girl named Minori who is a bullied girl. Um, she seems to be kind of outcast from the rest of the people and she's become the target of a lot of bullies in the school. And Takashi and Kyoko are kind of in the earlier parts of it, trying to help her. They, they kind of see that these things are happening and they're kind of upset by them that happening. So they're trying to communicate with her and uh, help her. Uh, but at the same time, they don't seem to want to, go fully out of their way because it seems like they still fear the idea of being bullied as well. I don't think they really, they haven't really quite gotten to that yet. Um, but I would assume it's a thing of them, not them wanting to help her, but at the same time feeling helpless and not probably not wanting to be bullied as well. So they're kind of keeping it secret on the side, uh, because she doesn't want to really put a burden on them. And I would assume they don't want to be burdens either. (laughs) Uh, so it is kind of that mixture there, and uh, it hasn't quite gotten too far yet. There, there's this other element that something might be happening with Minori. Um, we kind of found with the fourth episode, so I guess we'll f- we'll find the truth of that. Maybe the fifth episode, or maybe the end of it. We don't know. Uh, 
but yeah, that's that's the starting in a nutshell. Uh, I guess to get out of the way, this show does not look good. Um, it visually does not look good. It doesn't seem like they had much of a budget to go with this show. Uh, the voice acting, or I don't know if it's, I don't want to necessarily say it's the voice acting, but more probably the voice directing or recording. The characters don't sound right, so it does have that kind of going against it as well. Uh, a lot of the the progression of each scenes doesn't seem like it fits very well. It's very whole liners, studio an, uh, animation type of flow of people conversing with each other so it has like a lot going against it uh the the good things for the show though is i i think it is kind of telling a story about bullying uh granted it's it's going to be a story that either is going to hit or miss with people we've already had you know discussions on our forums about it um this is one of those those bully stories that might not be something that's going to connect with you or it might it might bug you it might offend you um, but I think it's a story that is, uh, if they do it right, it'll be a good story because it 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 is not shying away from the idea that yeah, technically when people see bullying happening, they're not always you know justice heroes that jump out there and fix the day by saying stop it. There a lot of them are afraid of being bullied as well, and a lot of them want to help, but they don't know how to without hurting themselves at the same time. And I think that might be something they're going for with it. And I think if they pull it off, it might be pretty emotional, but. Uh, it does have a lot of <laughs> animation problems going against it to pull that off, though. So, yeah, I think that 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 in itself, the story itself is kind of the charm of the story. I I do agree with Andrew. It does look. I don't want to say god awful, but it does look. It bad. moves. <laughs> it moves. Oh, most of the time, <laughs> and then it, it has the stickers that are kind of being stretched out. So, <laughs> but it. It, the story itself, if you just kind of just go with what the story is trying to show, it does have, I think, a lot of heart. It, it It's trying to tell the story of these two kids who really want to do the right thing, and they they feel kind of pressured into kind of doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, which is excluding this one girl. And I do like how that is their kind of internal conflict and how they're trying to change themselves in the process. So I, I do like that about this show. I, it's, I, I guess it's really cool in the idea that they, they don't shy away from showing them not doing the right thing. Like she's talking to Minori and then some other girls show up and she kind of just shuffles her over in the corner, like to hide her. And it's like, wow, that was really a, jer- a jerk move. But at the same time, she's afraid. And this other girl shows up and she's like, you know, don't tell anybody that I'm hiding her. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm rooting for you kind of thing. And it's like, that again is another person that wants to do something, but they don't know how to and they're afraid of. And like I said, if they pull that off, it's going to work out really well. And it, having that element of uh, something being wrong with Minori might even progress it even further to being a thing of, wow, now these people don't realize that they might be harming somebody that is already harmed further than they could ever harm um and they're just they're compounding it by making emotional scars as well so like i said they could do something really cool we'll just have to wait and see yeah uh next one is dive from the makers of free no i'm just joking <laughs> uh from zero g actually not qani uh this one's streaming on amazon slated for 11 episodes uh this one's based off of a novel and the genres are sports and comedy and this one takes place in misuki diving school club in the i'm guessing misuki school but yeah uh it starts off like kind of showing this guy this uh this boy who kind of sees this other kid who's a little bit older than him diving off a diving board and he gets kind of entranced by it and the guy says hey why don't you come dive so he kind of quickly gets in that school and joins the diving club 
and so it's following them as they do diving. Uh, but the kind of thing that gets thrown into the mix is that the school is going to shut down the diving club, uh, or they, they don't really tell them right off the bat. What happens is a new coach shows up, and she tells them, hey, look, you're all going to go to the Olympics, or the preliminaries of the Olympics, something like that. Um, and they kind of quickly find out that if they don't, then that means that their school is going to get closed because essentially they told the leadership who was going to shut down the club, uh, hey, look, if we can get these kids in the Olympics, will you not shut them down? They're like, yeah, we'll do that. So that's our goal is to to go into the Olympics. So that's the only way to save their club. And of course, they haven't been being taught right the entire time. So this girl is wiping them into shape and giving them all new exercises to uh, help them actually become good divers and not just having fun in club, which this, of course, is the problem there. And all the while, the main character, Tomoki, is trash because he treats his girlfriend like trash. So he's trash. And I feel bad for her. So there's that thing on the side there, too. <laughs> um, yeah, this one is not really doing much for me, and that's kind of unfortunate. I, I kind of was giving... I guess it's that whole stigma we we put too much onto a particular thing and then it blows up on our face. It happened with battery. It's happening again with dive because we seen Noitama block and we thought, oh, it's got to be something amazing, and it's not really turned out to be that amazing. Uh, I think it works fine as a as a sports show. I think it has all the well, trappings at least, in there. At least battery looked good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> battery looked very beautiful, actually. Um. No, it has all the trappings in there of a sports show. It's got the sports shonen things in there of like, okay, here's this guy and he's got to learn how to get better. And here's the routines that you have to push yourself to becoming better. Uh, here's the goal is this competition, uh, dramas surrounding people not wanting to push themselves or pushing themselves, uh, being encouraged by somebody's hard work. All those things are kind of in there. It's just I'm not really getting much out of the characters. Like I, I can say the main character is the main character. Uh, I can say that Yuichi is the guy that seems to do the best out of all of them. And then there's this guy that's Shubiki who is from a family that only dives in oceans. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really know these characters. And I haven't really gotten any connection out of them. It's just kind of just diving and they're oh, going to Olympics. So. Uh, and and, yeah. and the, the new coach has a really good butt and yeah, she uh, large been. chest. And that, uh, that seems to be her thing. And I don't, I don't want to knock on it too much because I know I just kind of mentioned the idea of joking about, you know, expecting too much out of three episodes. But I I've, I could say that they would should have had something else in there, but nothing really has hooked me so far. So, And it might later, but it only has 11 episodes to work with because it is Noitama. <laughs> they seem to like loving. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe something in the future. But uh, so far, it's not really doing too much. Yeah, I'm really it, mad at the main character for what he does to his girlfriend. <laughs> I it, my my biggest frustration is I I think that it, it it probably just has too many characters and it's trying to spread a little bit of um working on each one of the characters in their own time but in the process it's left a lot of the characters behind. Don't knock the visuals because each of these boys have hot abs and mermaid scales because they all seem to have reflections on their body. <laughs> Oh, they're all, like, highly reflective. It's crazy. Uh, Gamers is our next one. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll. Slated for 12 episodes. We're on episode 4 of it. Done by studio Pine Jam. Based off of a light novel. These genres are comedy, romance, and school. 
This one follows Amano, who loves video games. He just, whenever he's not doing schoolwork, he is playing video games. He's, even when he's in school and he's not doing schoolwork, he's playing video games. And um, at some point, he catches the interest of this girl named Tendo, who is actually the uh, club leader of a gaming club at the school. And she wants to have Amano come join the club. And so she brings him in, and he sees how, you know, there's a there's a guy who does nothing but first-person shooters, and there's a girl over here, and she's playing fighting games. This looks really, really great, and everybody wants to talk about video games, and he's so happy. But he sadly declines. Says, I don't, I don't want to, I can't join your club, even though all this stuff is so fun, everybody's been so inviting. And Tendo is quite shocked by this. Uh, but it turns out, as Amano doesn't want to really join this club, because... He just thinks that they're too competitive and that they he like he wants to enjoy games in his own way, which is not competitively. And uh this drives Tendo mad. <laughs> like literally. And kind of surrounding that is uh this guy named Uihara, who is also in his class, who kind of scopes out this occurrence happening and he's quite puzzled by it. Um, who who turns out to be a past gamer and he kind of prods Amano and uh, what he's doing and what how he knows Tendo and then that kind of unlocks this kind of self that he's been keeping held back for a long time as well. So that's kind of the gist of the, like the first two episodes. And so far it's just really been kind of this, it's kind of a mix between, uh, most of it's really comedy. It's very comedy driven, but then there's like also this little bit in here and there that's this element of uh, why people enjoy video games, finding your own enjoyment out of video games. Not There's even some sprinkled here and there about not allowing others to kind of uh, choose your joy and or uh, trying to find joy in being with other people. I mean, th- there's these kind of back and forth with these little small tidbits on the side, but most of it is kind of driven by comedy. And that's why I kind of enjoy it a lot is because it's got a lot of great comedy in it. It does well with the chemistry of the characters. It does the little things that just add to a comedic scene. Like uh, I have notes on here about how there's this moment where these two characters keep arguing. And there's this one moment where they start arguing. And the moment the, the tone shifts to them arguing, the split moment, somebody runs out the door <laughs> out of the classroom because they know they're going to fight. It's those little things or the girl... Uh, not getting attention by the guy, so she turns into, like, uh, ashes, and he steps over her ashes, and it, it just does well in this great little mix of comedy that it just executes very well, and it does these little things that just accent that comedy. Um, and then, of course, like I said, what the other thing that kind of hits me personally is a video game thing. It's, it's the, the goofy little uh, video game quirks that the characters are talking about, the, the mechanics of the games they're talking about, the the elements of socializing versus video gaming that they're kind of mixing in there. All those things personally kind of uh, uh, connect with me. So it, it works compoundly in both comedic aspect and a gamer aspect. So if you're a gamer and you like comedy, this this is like has everything for you. Yeah, this is just a bunch of candy for uh, some of us Moe lovers. I know that. Um, but what? <laughs> I just talked about video games. No, it 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 just hits all the 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 marks for me. I I the the characters are fun. They're cute. The this the store the story is kind of cheesy but fun and and cute. The uh, the the they're kind of quirk per se is video games so that's fun and cute and 
it's so it, it just has everything that 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 I want out of a show right now, and it it works in spades for me. I think one of the funnier things that kind of keeps progressing through the entire I mean four episodes that we watched so far is like it's so it's it's definitely a lot of its humor relies on misunderstandings, um, and it it keeps. It keeps uh, this one joke throughout the entire thing. I mean, <laughs> it seems to be making Amano out to everybody else as being like this this straight player. Like he, <laughs> he just he just with all the girls, and he just tells the girls no and yes, and he's just back and forth with different girls, and it's totally completely misunderstandings. And the way he reacts to that, and the way the characters react to that, is just great. Nintendo is adorable, and Aguri is adorable. I, I agree that a great cast of cute and fun characters. So. My first girlfriend is a gal is our next one. Or Hajimete no gal. This one, or Gyaru. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll. Only slated for 10 episodes. I totally forgot about that. Uh, we're on episode 3 of it so far. It's being done by Studio NAZ, or Naz. Uh, the source is a manga, and the genres are comedy, romance, ecchi, school, shonen. Uh, this one follows a guy named Juinchi, or Junichi, who is uh, friends with three really annoying guys, and their whole goal in life seems to be 24-7s talking about trying to get laid. Um, and uh, his friends one day decide to play a trick on him to help him get with somebody, and that is to uh, leave a love letter in the locker of a girl named Yukana, who is a as you've ne- noticed by the name of the title, Agaru, and of course those don't, don't know who what a Agaru is. Agaru is just a girl who just they dress themselves up. They get very makeupy. Um, they're very often uh, they're just like uh, very fashionable, but sometimes a little bit too much is I guess the best way to explain it. If you've watched shows like uh, uh, Galko Chan, it's that kind of thing. Um, but you know. Uh, turns out she actually shows up to the location where the note asked her to be, and he showed up there because he kind of felt bad about it. And uh, so she kind of questions him, well, why do you want to go out with me? And, he, of course, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do in the situation because he didn't actually give her the letter. And he's freaking out, and he's expecting her to kind of laugh at him, and he's going to be the laughing stock of the skull forever. And, uh, you know, the conversation kind of jumps back and forth between him thinking about her underwear showing <laughs> him thinking the possibility of it actually working out or not working out what his future going to be like and she kind of just uh seems to accept it says okay yeah i want to go out with you kind of thing so they are now a pair and that is pretty much where it goes from there is of course everybody freaking out the fact that they're actually going out um is you kind of really seems like she has this element that she kind of wants to be with junichi maybe there's something in their past um that's the most that's the thing that kind of stuck with me in the earlier parts of it is like I think that they've probably known each other in the past um but yeah it's it's mostly just Junichi trying to figure out what he's gonna do with this Gyaru that's now with him uh, uh Ronko a friend of uh Yukana who is the Garu being a Garu and trying to seduce him uh his friends being crazy over the fact that he has like this Gyaru girlfriend and there seems to be this student council president who seems to like him as well he seems like everybody likes him, but he seems like he doesn't have anybody that likes him. Does oh. it? Is it just me or is Nene and uh, uh, Ronko's chest larger in those pictures? No, they're actually that big in the show. Actually, I think Nene's chest is bigger in the show than in that picture. Oh, gosh. You, uh, you, you know what we're talking about, right? The show with the lolly character that has the chest that's yes, larger than I her do. body. Okay, that's I'm why I'm asking because I don't remember them being <laughs> that big, but that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> this show is like back and forth with me. It's like yeah. I like twenty five percent of the show, and I hate seventy five percent of the show. No, I would say fifty fifty. <laughs> no, because <laughs> they're well, in they're in half of the show, and then Yukon uh, is okay, in the other half. I, it feels like it feels like yeah, they're it in feels 75% like it. I agree. <laughs> okay, let me put it simply. This show jumps back and forth between either being a, between uh, a conversation between Junichi and his three friends and Junichi with Yukana or one of the other girls. And when this show is with his friends, this show is terrible. I hate everything about it. I hate his friends. They talk about the same stupid things over and over again, getting laid and how this is going to be the way you're going to get laid and stick with it. I cannot believe you have all these girlfriends. You, I'm jealous of you. I hate you. It's that same thing over and over again every time they're on the screen. And then they leave them and it goes, you know, Junichi with Yukana or Junichi with Ronko or uh, Nene be in the scene. Actually, whenever Nene's in the screen, it's, it's just disturbing in another way. But I like that part, even though technically the first episode was bad, like even without the friends, I thought the I thought the 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 scene with them, too, and the confession, quote unquote, scene was just not well put together because it was mostly in his head talking about stupid things. Because I think going into this, I had this hope that it was going to be like Gakko-chan, where it's like, OK, here's this girl that is not what everybody thinks. And I know that that's in there. It's just it's slowly kind of revealing that. So I like the scene where it's Junichi and Yukana, and it's kind of this element of, oh, I have this Gato girlfriend. Maybe there's more to her. Those are fun. It's just the other half <laughs> I don't like at all. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I, I, I'm not completely hating the show when the other th- three guys are on there, but I don't care for them at all. Um, pretty much any time he's been... Um, uh, Yes, there's this aspect of Junichi, which he is from a group of friends that are nerd slash perverts, whatever you want to call it. Um, But he does have this aspect of trying to trying to be a good person when he's with Yukana and and she has a knack for kind of teasing him. Ronko threw a wrench into the entire thing, which kind of wasn't sure that I was totally on board with, but at least it did have fun with that in in a, in its own way. And I I I would love to see where where they take the uh, Nene and, and Yui in the future. So I'm I'm very much interested in the show. I want to see where it, it can go. I really yeah. I almost would suggest skipping through the scenes with the guys. And just <laughs> That's pretty much the, where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, make it a short for you, and it'll be a great show. <laughs> it's a short yes. Uh, moving on, we have Hina Loji Luck from Luck and Logic. Actually, I think Crunchyroll has it as Hina Logic from Luck and Logic. Um, its Japanese title is Hina Loji from Luck and Logic. I don't know how that happened, but okay. Uh, it's streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for twelve episodes. Uh, the studio is Dokokobo. The source is a game, and the genres are action and fantasy. And for those who don't know the world of Luck and Logic. We reviewed that show quite a while back. I actually really enjoyed that show. It had a lot of fun action to it, um, great action scenes to it. Um, but I think the big struggle I had with that show was I didn't care much, care much for the uh, the character interactions. So 
When I heard there was a show that was from Look and Logic, which had all the characters in it, and they're all it's cute girls doing cute things, fun moments, I'm kind of going, okay, well, I'm not sure how that's going to work out for me because you didn't really do character interactions very well. But yeah, here we are. And for those that don't know, Look and Logic was essentially about uh, people who uh, essentially made packs with people from another world um, and become like fused together to in order to fight invaders that were coming from that same world that were bad um so this one it kind of goes into like a future point of this that's that world where they no longer need these people these logical lists that actually enlist the power of these um beings and but this seems like they're still training them they still have a school open that's training them even though the threat is no longer there and that kind of is an element that is in the background for this story for the most part it is about this girl named leones who joins this school and she is very fun, happy, wants to meet everybody. Um, she meets a girl named Nina, who seems like she doesn't want to meet anybody. <laughs> but, of course, powers of Genki will overcome everything. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of them in the school. And Leona is getting her first uh, contract with uh, a being. And, yeah, that's about so far. Yeah. Yep. So what's your thoughts? I, I keep jumping the first gun. It's cute and fun and magical girl. I uh, but it hasn't really kind of gotten much more than than that. Um so for, at first impression for me it's 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 one of those that I do have this kind of desire to see where these girls go in the future, but it doesn't really kind of um make this kind of plea for you. It it, it doesn't say this is what we really have here. Um, and, and, and come and follow us and we'll show you the whole story. It just kind of goes, we're a magical girl and we have cute things. Don't you want to watch the cute things? And that's, that's really where I'm, I'm at with it. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I I guess it's pretty much done by the numbers. Like you, you come in and you have the Genki character, you have the character that likes to eat a bunch. You have the Watakshiwa girl, you have the, the, the prissy girl or the princess kind of girl, uh, you have the soulless doll girl. I mean, it hits every single archetype in the first episode. It opens it up and says, okay, we're going to have fun. And yeah, I mean, if the, if those are hitting you in the first episode, you're probably going to enjoy it. Um, for me, it just wasn't for the time right now, not really doing much for me. And that's kind of where it, and that's kind of where it's at for me. And that's why it's not really quite working for me. So, um, yeah, I, I was kind of really hoping that they would really... Because a lot of the, the enjoyment that I had with the original Luck and Logic was the, the people they were uh, making contract with, the, the character designs they had, and all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of thrown out the window with this one. They don't really show anybody's uh, contracted, so... Well, they've all, they've done two so far. Maybe three. I've only seen one. But, yeah. Yeah, Nina's... They showed Nina's in the first episode, and Leonis in this most recent one. And I want to say that they showed uh, maybe two more during that little battle scene. But no, they showed their they showed their when they were one, but they only showed Leonis and Nina's contracted person, their oh. their physical body. Yeah, and that's 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 one of those things that kind of is disappointing because that was kind of half of the fun of yeah. the. That's what I mean. The original was having those characters there that they could kind of banter back and forth. Yeah, and it, it added in a chemistry between their, their their characters had their own feuds. And I guess maybe they're just trying to put that aside so that they can have the actual logicalists converse more with each other. Because it did have an issue with the original series in the fact there was too many characters because every single character had another character that was connected to them. And so maybe that's what they're trying to get away from. So, I don't know. 
Restaurant to another world. The next one is Sekai Shokudo. Now, this one is streaming on Crunchyroll. We don't know how many episodes it's going to go for, but it's being done by Studio Silverlink, uh, based off of a light novel. And these genres are mystery, comedy, and fantasy. And since it's based off of a visual novel, or a light novel, sorry, you know that it's nothing about nothing but a magical school, right? That's all, it's about that's a all. magical school? Well, it's a light novel. That's all they do, right? Oh. <laughs> okay. I got you. Surprisingly enough, a light novel about food, which is kind of weird. That, now that I think about that, <laughs> you don't usually get food talking and food descriptions in a book, but I guess, I guess it's been there. Uh, anyways, this one takes place in a restaurant that seems to be kind of uh, in its own like dimension because there's a door in this particular restaurant that leads off into different places of this kind of fantasy type world. I think it kind of opens up in the fact that it can open up to like a modern setting and people kind of coming in and eating. But, you know, during this other period of time, the door will open and it can be anywhere. Uh, essentially in different locations in this fantasy world, once every seven days, this door will appear and then somebody can go through that door and they're in now in a restaurant and this guy named Tenshu will serve them food from different timelines and different worlds and different cultures. And that seems to be the gist of it. Uh, so far, it seems like every episode has two stories to them and each of those stories is pretty much somebody. And I, I guess the kind of, you know, to compound it down to one theme, I would call it is what this door and this restaurant means to different people of this fantasy world. Like you have this dragon who looks forward every seven days to going through this door so that she can get this big old gigantic pot of this uh, super whatever that she absolutely loves and adores to take back with her to her lair, her dragon lair. Um, there's this girl who, uh, this guy who is trying to deliver this war, uh, this, this very important information to this kingdom and he's out in the desert and he's dying, but then he finds the door and he gets in there and he's refreshed and eats shrimp, which he's never seen shrimp anywhere near where they're at. So it's those kind of little stories that tells why this restaurant is impactful to a certain person. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very mixed on this show. I think it looks good. I think it does what it does perfectly, and that is tell these really small stories about, again, why this restaurant's important to somebody. It shows the food. They respond to the food. It looks delicious. Food porn everywhere. And then they kind of go on with their life. Sadly, that just doesn't – is not what appeals to me. I've never cared – food porn has never been a thing for me. Uh, Gakukurashi or – was it the – Kofuku Kofuku Graffiti. Um, the uh, food, food, wars. Food, food wars. There's shonen elements that that makes it fun, but the food element never worked for me, and it's the same with this one. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, so all I'm really left with is like these very small, little, very formulaic stories about characters coming in or having a problem coming into the place and saying this place is great, and then moving on with their life. And that's just those that small bit that I can get out of it outside of the food porn doesn't really work for me. So. Or it's not enough for me. (laughs) This show kind of has been working for me mostly on the aspect of those little stories. Um, Just having these these characters come in and just letting go for a few minutes to enjoy a good little meal. And during that entire process, having these stories just being fed to you and um, that being uh, uh, the the. 
the waitress girl and how she's kind of rejected from her, her life. And she just needs something to give her, um, a little bit of money to just get by. So the, the manager or the chef guy, he hires her in, um, the, the, the story of the, the man, like Andrew was saying, yeah, it kind of sucked that, that, uh, it wasn't the best of the stories, but it was a cool little story where he was going through and he makes it just to this one little point. He's just about to give up and he gets that meal and then he can make it, but he doesn't have the money to pay for it. So he's going to have to come back and then they go through an entire little story for that. Um, the, the treasure hunter, uh, girl, it was a really cool little story. So, I mean, I like these little stories and th- that little tidbit as, as it goes through. And that's, what's kind of pulling me through. About the only one that I really enjoyed was probably Adele Hill, the, the girl that her grandfather showed her when she was younger. That was kind of a cute story. Mm-hmm. And watching a gigantic dragon stick her tongue down inside of a pot's pretty funny. <laughs> Gotta admit uh, next one we have is In Another World with My Smartphone, or Isekai wa Smartphone to Tomoni. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll. Don't know how long it's going for, but it's being done by Production Read. The source is a light novel. Uh, the genres are adventure, harem, comedy, romance, and fantasy. And this one takes place, like, right off the bat in the first episode, uh, the first scene, this boy named Toya is in front of God, essentially, and God's telling him, look, <laughs> you're dead, and that really didn't happen, or wouldn't, shouldn't have happened, um, and I can't really revive you, but I can, I can, you know, put you into this other world, and, you know, just to add some little bit of extra, I'm sorry to it, I'm gonna give you whatever you want, whatever you want to bring with you, I'll, I'll give it to you, and he says, well, I want my smartphone, and he's like, well, that's kind of weird. And he's like, well, I'll make sure that it works. I'll make sure that you can still... But you can't call anybody from your home. But you can call me. I'll put my number in there. Uh, I'm going to make it make it to where it gets internet. But uh, don't be posting anything on there. Little kind of speculations. But essentially, it's a phone that works completely normally. It's just... And it like I think the battery never runs out or something like that. No, he charges it with his, his magic power. Obviously, because you can just shoot electricity into a phone. It does not affect those very delicate processes. <laughs> it's magic, Andrew. Who cares? It's, well, it's the ultimate already. phone ever. So yes. would you worry about it being uh, too much charge? I don't know. That's besides the point, because we're talking about a world with magic. <laughs> Anyways, now he's in this world. He's got GPS on the phone. He can take pictures. Everybody's fascinated by it. And he claims that it's part of his magic, his null magic. Uh, but yeah, he's in this world that is essentially a fantasy setting world, and he quickly meets these two girls. One's a girl that's able to fight with magic because she uses it to enhance her physical abilities, and she fights real hard. And there's other girl, Lindsay, who is her sister, and she's affinity with uh, ice, and they kind of start showing him the world as it is, and the mechanics of the world. And I think the one they kind of hit on the most in the earlier parts is how their magic works, and that there's Everybody has an affinity that they can go for, and it's an affinity to each one of these different elements. And f- so be it. Toya is actually has an affinity for pretty much every single magic. Every single one, actually. Uh, he's also really incredibly f- able to fight really well because Kami-sama, like, downloaded him the Matrix, with, the entire yeah, essentially, Matrix essentially. library into him. So he's basically Kirito, final season, all in one, and perfect in every single way. And, and then, he gets a, then he gets a jacket... Oh, yeah, has so he looks all like, the yeah. all the resistances of the magics <laughs> that he has um, an affinity for. Um, that just so happens to look like Kirito. <laughs> no, it was the 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 jacket itself. 
improved his capability of doing damage with the one affinity that he would normally have, but it would lower his resistance to all the other affinities that he did not have an affinity with, which since he has an affinity to everything, he has increased damage to everything, but no drawbacks to it. So that's why it's so OP. But yeah, it does make him look like Kirito, except for it's a white jacket. Unless Kirito had a white jacket at some point. I, think he I did. thought he did. When he, was in, when he was in that guild, I think he did. Anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> this is not Sword Online. I'll, I promise you. <laughs> but anyways, it's about him pretty much showing how incredibly overpowered he is to these two girls and then other girls that sequentially join him and how he fixes every single problem of everybody's life that he comes across because he's so overpowered. And that seems to be the show so far. Uh, I have not guessed it so far. I've not really been caring too much for this show. I think it's fine in itself. It's doing what it's doing. Um, it's not doing anything offensive to me. It's just it's not really doing anything good and different so far. Uh, I think a lot of its problem for me is that it doesn't really have good chemistry with the characters because it really just seems like most of the characters I've joined so far are not they're not combative. They're not. Uh, disagreeing with anything they're all kind of just agreeing and following with him like puppies and nothing has really been in conflict with them so far because everything's fixed by toya's uh, you know ability to overcome everything so i think that's probably why it's not really doing too much for me but uh it exists and if you like isekai shows it's definitely uh it definitely doesn't shy from the fact that it's essentially making fun of most of that kind of stuff so it's not like it it's not like i don't acknowledge the fact that it's essentially trying to uh, parody in a way that a lot of that stuff. But yeah. <laughs> this show, um, to me, it's kind of just silly and fun. And I, I, if my biggest problem with it is it just sits there and it, and it feels like there's going to be something just, just past here. Just, just, just bear with us a little bit longer. And I go for the next episode. I talked, I talked Andrew into getting me one more episode and I still didn't see that. Just that one little thing that I wanted to see. I don't know what it was I wanted to see, but I wanted to see it. And that's, that's my biggest problem with it. Other than that, it's been fun and silly. And I do like a lot of the characters. I, I get a kick out of Toya and his OPness just because he's OP. I don't know because Kamasama is on his phone, so he can get whatever he wants anyway. So, but yeah, it's, it's been silly and fun. I've I've enjoyed it. He's basically Tetsuya, you know that, right? Yep, pretty much. And that doesn't bother you. He's essentially I, Tetsuya. At the moment, he hasn't <laughs> blown up anything and he hasn't revived it. So, <laughs> Chronos rulers are next one or Jikan no Shihaisha. Shihaisha. Yeah. Chronos rulers. <laughs> Chronos Ruler. Uh, this one's streaming on Crunchyroll. Don't know how long it's going for. Being done by project number nine, based off of a manga, Sources Supernatural, and Shonen. And this one starts off by kind of following a girl named Koyuki, who is uh, dealing with the loss of her brother. And at some point, she hears a rumor about these beings that will, or this, this clock tower that if you go to and say that you want something to happen or time to be turned back or something like that, you can have time fix itself or something like that. Uh, she goes to that clock tower, and she ends up running into two guys named Kitty and Victor. And Victor and Kitty are what they call Chronos rulers, or people that fight these time-eating demons. And these time-eating demons are things in this world that will essentially consume the time that you have given in your life. So if you're, you know, say you're 23 years old, uh, if they started, you know, eating the time from you, you would start de-aging. Your, your, your clock and your, your biological clock would go backwards. 
And uh, they kind of show that with one of the, uh, one of the teachers in the first episode where she uh, gets attacked by one of these demons and it kind of just makes her younger and younger and younger. Uh, but yeah. So Victor and Kitty are trying to fight these things. You kind of find out that Victor was a uh, victim of one of these Kronos or these uh, time-eating demons and took a lot of his time away and a lot of his memories, of course, because you're de-age. You're forgetting things. Um, and so it's kind of following them as they're fighting these time-eating demons and then other Kronos rulers are getting involved with them and then you're learning more about their past together and all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. Uh, this one was not working for me in the PV just because it looked very uh, bad with the CG. I, th- I think in its finished product, it didn't bother me as much with the action scenes being often relying heavily on the characters themselves even being CG. Um, and it does have Rie Kojima in it, which makes it even more troubling for me because it's not really doing much uh, outside of having some pretty cool little action scenes. Um I guess the, the it just hasn't really gotten any any hooks in there. There was one hook to the story, and that was really, or so far in the three episodes that we watched, and that was really in Victor, because Victor, uh, what has happened with him with the Timing Demons is he's essentially Kitty's dad, um, and he's been attacked by the Timing Demons, so he's actually younger than him, so Kitty's kind of... Uh, essentially babysitting this this guy who is essentially his dad because he's so juvenile, but yet he's technically his dad. And I guess I'm guessing at some point they're going to get some pretty cool story about him and what actually went down. And this girl who claims to be his wife, uh, who is Ryu Kajimia, by the way, uh, not the real Ryu Kajimia, just the voice. So, yeah, not 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 not, not a great story so far. But uh, and I, I think a lot of the the humor is kind of hit and missing as well. So. Yeah, this one this one was probably it it really didn't work for me on a lot of levels. It just felt way too dark. It didn't have enough um enough levity to kind of drag it out of that for me and I just felt like I was just watching pretty colors on the screen for a long time. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't follow the story very well and I just felt bored through it. All right, next up we have Katsugeki Token Rambu. This one's streaming on Amazon, Hulu, and Crunchyroll. Uh, slated for unknown amount of episodes, being done by Studio Ufootable. And the source is a game. And the genres are action and fantasy. This one takes place in, well, at the time of the story starting, in a particular time in the history of Japan, uh, the uh, this group of individuals that are working under who they call the leader uh, are trying to fight against these beings that are invading the past timeline in order to try to force change in the timeline. And so they're enlisted to come in, fight the bad things, let time happen as it was supposed to happen, and then that will keep the timeline from breaking, essentially. So... Essentially, they'll come in there and they might attack somebody, maybe kill somebody that was supposed to live through that timeline. And if too much things change in the timeline, it could affect the future. But they're, it seems like they allow like a certain like buffer of things that can change. Uh, but if too much changes, then things will break. And uh, like Ufootable usually does, it looks absolutely beautiful. Great little sword play with these uh, you know different beings that essentially are 
manifestations of weapons that were used in actual history. So, uh, say uh, a particular samurai in the history of Japan has a sword named, uh, you know, Kunihiro. Well, that then then becomes manifested as a uh, person who fights that was once owned by that person. It's kind of weird like that. Kind of like, it is, of course, from the makers of the same people that did Kankali, right? Right. So, you know, Kankali, they're girls that are personifications of sh- actual ships in history. This one's the same thing, where it's just actual personifications of people of actual weapons in history. So, yeah. Like I said, it's footable. It looks absolutely beautiful. The sword play is great. The visuals are great. Um, a lot of the sword fights and choreography of the, the fights look really fantastic. Um, outside of that, I mean, this show can pretty much be boiled down to essentially three things. It's the, the sword play, it's the action, it's the, and then the second thing would be probably the character interactions, and the third thing probably being the uh, overall story, which, in all honesty, is not very deep so far. It does kind of play a little bit on the idea of what would you allow a child to die in this fire or would you save them? Because technically, if you save that child, you're changing history because that child should die in that fire. Um, so they kind of fight with the idea of allowing things to happen or not allowing things to happen, being upset of these things, doing horrible things to people at, its, at their own gain. Um, but it's not not hitting on them deep enough. Uh, so what you're kind of left with is not character actions that I don't really think are doing too great so far. Um, some fights over who should lead the party or whatever, um, trusting their leader or going on their own thing because they think it's the right thing to do are kind of mixed in there. But for the most part, it's just been a fun action show. I think it's in the same realm as something like uh, God Eater, which Afutaba also did, which is, yeah, God Eater ended up doing some pretty cool things in about their mid-area and towards the end. Uh, for the most part, though, it was kind of a popcorn anime. You watched it for the fun and the action, the great animation. And this one does excel at that. Um, I just think in the other area departments, it does, I admit, do, doesn't quite do that well. So, Yeah, that's pretty much, for the most part, what, where I'm feeling with this is I, I I do like that it looks really good. I like the, the action scenes. Um, for the most part, but it, when it comes down to it, it just feels like it's just just something to s- kick on and just watch when you're when you're wanting something to just look good. <laughs> yeah, marvel at pretty much. All right, uh, next we have is Clean Freak Aoyama-kun or Kempeki Denshi Aoyama-kun. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for twelve episodes and being done by Studio Hibari. Being uh, sourced is a manga, and these genres are comedy, sports, and seinen. And this one follows Ayoyama, and Ayoyama j- has just recently joined the soccer team at this uh, Fujimi Academy. And <laughs> the quirk to this individual is that he is a clean freak. He hates anything dirty. He hates germs. Um, of course, the joke that was on the tagline for the show itself was that he would never. Uh, intercept the ball, would never, wouldn't throw in without some gloves on. And that's kind of the gist, that's kind of what you're getting with this show so far is the fact that he, uh, the quirk is that he plays soccer. Everybody, of course, is getting muddy and dirty. And he is very good at soccer. He just 
hates touching and getting involved because he gets muddy. Like, it starts to rain. Of course, he just doesn't move, and everybody's wondering why he's not moving. Oh, it's because he doesn't want to get splashed with mud. So you either have to kind of deal with it. Uh, but it seems like whenever there's, you know, the the things go down, he seems to kind of pull through and do, like, an incredible job at it. Uh, he's really excellent at uh, taking the ball to the goal because he's, you know, his entire life has been avoiding people. So he's really good at dodging people because he's afraid of germs and them having dirty hands or whatever. Uh, yeah, and that was kind of the gist of the first episode was that there was other, this other team of somebody that knew uh, Aoyama and wanted him to come to their school and play for them because he knew how incredible he was and was trying to pull them. And they were trying to figure out why he would want to go to this Fujimi school. Uh, the second episode was, uh, I forget what the second episode was, and the third one was really about Mocha, who was this girl who seems to have a fascination with, I everybody has a fascination with Aoyama, actually, but, like, smelling his towels and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that seems to be the gist so far. It's been, I mean, I'm really mixed on this show because it does seem like it has a one, it's, it's really a, a one-note kind of joke, and it's really all about surrounding his you know cleanliness and that was kind of the thing we had with a lot of other shows here recently with like you know uh you know my name is sakamoto uh stuff like that is you know you you think about okay this is this one note or or uh tanaka kun is always listless you're like wow this is a really one note joke can it really carry a show but with every single one of those they kind of had their own thing you know uh tanaka kun had the characters around him were so great it drove the fact that he was listless. That was his own joke. Uh, Sakamoto was driven by the fact of everybody's reaction to his absurdity. And this one, I think, is just not really pulling anything out that is going to carry it. Um, so far, the only thing that I've really enjoyed in this show was really Mocha. The The whole towel thing was pretty funny that everybody wanted to smell his towel because somebody had tweeted that his towel smells incredible. And so everybody in the school's coming to smell his towel, which is kind of funny, but that's about the only kind of uh, laughter I've really gotten out of the show, and that was in a single episode. So I'm not quite sure what all it has in its sleeve that it can pull out, because so far, just the joke about him not wanting to be touched and not playing because he doesn't want to get money doesn't really, hasn't really done too much, so... Yeah, that's 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 kind of my thing with this is is I with the introduction of Mocha, I I I kind of seen the possibility that maybe it could go to the next level where where what we were talking about with like uh, 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 Tanaka Kun is always listless. It, it wasn't necessarily about Tanaka Kun; it was about all the characters around him. Um, and, and I'm hoping that maybe, okay, if they could introduce a character that is interesting, like Mocha in the last episode, maybe that we will get some more interesting characters in the future episodes. But for the most part, so far that that's about the distance that I've gotten with it is, is I did, I kind of got a kick out of Ioma Kun, but his, his joke has already been overplayed. Mocha was, was wonderful. And, but now she's she's done. I don't think that they can overplay, or I don't think that they can continue to play her joke. So who's the next character? Can can we have another interesting character that can kind of play on the on what Ayomakun is? Yeah, because we've yet to get into Sukamoto, who loves bouncing the soccer ball on his butt, and every scene that he's in, he masterfully bounces that on his butt. <laughs> okay. Or the guy that likes to show his pecs again. 
that was a little weird. <laughs> uh, Knights and Magic. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll. Uh, don't know how many episodes going for. Being done by Studio 8-Bit. Based off of a light novel. This one's genres are action, fantasy, mecha, and school. And this one is kind of hazy for me because it's kind of got the same problem as something like uh, Grimgar, where it's like, why did we even have to bring in the element that technically it's a person from another world? Because <laughs> if I remember right, it opens up with this guy who's a huge mecha fan. He goes to work and he does a great job all for the sake of paying for his hobby, which is mecha. And he dies and he gets reborn in this other world where it's a fantasy world where there's magic and also people who use these gigantic mecha robots to fight. And he is just in love because now he can he's, – he's growing up in this world and he comes to realize that he really loves these mecha things. I don't know that it's necessarily uh, acknowledged too much the fact that he had this previous life, but it does come into effect in the idea that he's using his knowledge of mecha and his knowledge of programming because he used to be a programmer – to essentially reprogram with magic, which is kind of an interesting thing. He's he's creating uh, technologies with the magic that is kind of blowing away the people around him, uh, you know, impressing his professors and whatnot. And he's using that to save people, which is kind of cool in that regard. Uh, so far, I've actually been pretty intrigued by this show. I, I, th- I want to say, though, that the last episode we watched, which I don't know if it was three or four, it really got into him kind of building mechas and and helping people improve mecha and it, it really got way too caught up in that the entire episode was consumed by this like hit them just knocking out new technologies like it seemed like within a day over and over and over again and it was like not really doing anything here uh but for the first couple of episodes i was really enjoying it because it was doing the whole thing of okay here's this guy he's in this world uh he grew up in this world and now he's applying the knowledge that he has and it makes sense why he's able to pull off these really cool things that are impressing people, but also advancing technology in a way. And those things I was really intrigued by. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just kind of where it got really, really stuck in that gargling in the in the the advancing the mecha that it kind of started losing me. So, yeah, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed the first part of it. Um, it had a stumbling block in there, though. Yeah, I... <sighs> I'm I'm so mixed on this because I'm I'm I like the the characters for the most part. I I kind of like the concept of him bringing the the what he knows from his world into this world and adjusting these quote unquote knight mechas, which you know they look like knights and kind of big knight armors. And they walk around with staffs or swords or something. And he's completely reimagining their entire concept of it to more match what is in his world, uh, a mecha in his world. And so it's, it, it is kind of interesting to see this kind of melding between um, these uh, armor, these great, great armor side, uh, mechas in turning them into the the kind of Gundam-ish type of mecha. But it does get kind of stuck and lost in its um, fanboying out over uh, whatever mecha garbledygook that it wants to just spew it at the viewer. So that's, that's kind of where I get lost in it, and that's my frustration with it. Yeah, and to expand on it, it's like instead of carrying a staff in a gigantic 
mecha armor, why not have an arm on the back that kind of brings it over your shoulder and like a rocket and shoots the magic instead? It, it yeah, it's kind of melding the two t- uh, types together. Uh, yeah, let's move on. We have uh, Love and Lies. This one or uh, Koi to Uso. This one is streaming on Amazon, slated for twelve episodes, being done by Studio Leiden Films. Uh, the source is a manga, and the genres are drama, romance, and school. And this place takes place in Japan, where birth rates are on the plummet, and so the government kind of builds a technology that a silence that's able to link individuals based off of their DNA, and basically match people with what they think are their perfect uh, match uh, through this whole technology. And so when they reach the age of 16, every individual, when they reach the age of 16, they will be issued a, uh, a, a husband or a wife uh, based off of what this, uh, this whole system believes is the best way that they can have happiness in their future. And they kind of open it up with this, you know, idol who just reached 16 and they issued him or this random Joe Schmo who is going to marry her and they're going to be super happy together because the system is always right. Um, what's, what's kind of weird is that this, uh, the, 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 the synopsis for the show kind of opened up this idea of like, this is how it is. And if you choose any other way, it's, it's against the law. And it really does seem like, uh, most of the characters really don't care for the system and nobody really, I, I was totally think I was going to get in this whole thing of like, somebody says, I'm not going to marry the person that they say I'm going to marry. And I thought everybody's gonna go, oh, ooh, shh, shh, you can't say that. You'll get arrested. And it never really goes in that, that realm. It really is just about this guy named Yukari who for the longest time has liked this girl named Misaki. And he wants to kind of confess to her and he's reaching the age of 16. And he feels that this is like his last chance of doing that because they're going to end up getting paired with somebody and married because a lot of the kids in their school, their, their class are turning 16 because most of them are the same age. And so he decides to uh, confess to her, and she's like, yeah, I kind of like you too, and they kiss and all that kind of stuff. And then he gets an email that says, hey, you're, you've been selected for your, your, your wife, and here it is. And that's where it kind of got interesting for me was that I just thought, you know, okay, from the visual, I'm assuming that this guy is going to get paired up with this other girl, and the girl that he likes is going to get paired up with this other guy. And they're going to have this whole issue. But it kind of threw an interesting quirk into it that I haven't really seen them touch on again so far. But it was interesting in the first episode. And it kind of hooked me at that point was that this girl that he likes ended up being chosen for him. But then his phone, for some reason, got all pixelated and broke. And these people showed up and said, here's your actual wife. We don't know what the hell that thing was on your screen. Um, just here's who you were selected. And this is other girl. And so he has to go meet this new girl. And... Uh, and he's, of course, has no interest in her because he's still stuck on this girl that he likes. And that offends the girl that he's paired with. But she seems to be like a hopeless romantic that never really has socialized with people much. So she's like really interested in seeing this romance happen. So she's kind of seems like she's supporting it. So that's kind of been interesting for it as well. It, it So it's, it's kind of a show that at face value seems like it's going to go down this very predictable route, but every now and then it kind of throws something in that's kind of interesting that kind of keeps me uh, hesitant to kind of throw it out as being quite predictable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it. The only thing that I can really say that I don't like whatsoever about the show, and it's the only thing that can really negative it, uh, besides the fact that I've been saying that it sound, seems like it's going to be predictable, <laughs> is the fact that the eyes are way too weird. Uh, I don't want to say that they're big necessarily it's just they're 
they're yeah, I guess they're big. They're just oversized. It's just they're round and large. Uh, not on the levels of, like something like Clanad. It's just it for some reason does not appeal to me at all. But yeah, it's a different style, so I'll go with it. Me, I'm 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 I don't want to say I'm mixed because I really do love this show. I. I, I remember at some point I accidentally I was watching one of the episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've read this manga, <laughs> and it and I I don't remember ever really getting that far in the manga, but I do really truly love the show. I think that my mix, if if I was to say that I'm nick, nicking this in any way, shape, or form, it's mostly on the fact that it feels like it's pulling the mood mood moments a little bit too long it 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 tries to to stick a landing here and there it and it it doesn't realize that what it has is these really true emotional points that it just kind of needs to just just let them let them feel natural and and it just feels like it's trying to drag them out a little bit too much to me I wouldn't say that so much, in my opinion. I think that my issues that I have with the the way things flow is that it seems like it's not really doing much. Like it 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 it, it gets stuck on this idea of okay, he likes this girl, and they're going to get chosen a person, and then it kind of sticks with that, and then it goes into okay, here's your chosen wife, and she likes the idea of you being together, and it's kind of stuck on that for a while, and nothing really happens because they're still stuck on the idea that she really badly wants this guy to be with the girl that he wants to be with and she thinks that's romantic so they keep hitting on it and hitting on it and hitting on it so when i step back and i look at it i go yeah there was this cool moment with the the chosen the choosing uh now he's stuck with this other girl and there's this whole thing where she's a she's a hopeless romantic but there nothing really else has kind of happened outside of that it kind of just keeps hitting on those points over and over again then i'm not sure if it's maybe it's just taking his time i don't know uh anyhow anything else all right, convenience store boyfriends or company Karashi. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for twelve episodes, uh, being done by Studio Perot, and the source is a an original, and its genres are slice of life. Uh, and this one supposedly is going to follow multiple uh, relationships. I think there's like a total of eight different pairings of people. Um, and so far, we've really kind of focused mostly on two individual or two pairings, which is uh, Haruki Mishima, who seems to remember this girl from his childhood, whose name is Miharu. And then there's a, his friend, who is Toa. And Toa seems to have some kind of thing with the class rep, Mami, who seems to be not liking his teasing and advancing. Um but, you know, there's there's actually something there that's genuine between uh, the two of them. And that's sort of been the thing so far. And the, the kind of thing that seems to be the theme of this show for some reason is the fact there's this convenience store that they keep, seem to kind of uh, come to on a regular basis when they're not at school. They'll meet there and talk and or they'll bump into each other at the convenience store before they go to school. So it, it, I guess that's the reason why they call it convenience store boyfriends is the fact that it seems like a lot of things happen around that place. Um, but for the most part, it's really just about these different relationships and how they're kind of uh, um, confronting them. Uh, and so far, I've kind of I've, I've, I've enjoyed it a little bit. Uh, it's it kind of reminds me a lot of Rainbow Days. Uh, or was it Rainbow? Was it Rainbow Days? Yes. OK, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not bringing up. Was it Rainy Coco or whatever? <laughs> I get those. I get those two titles mixed up in my head a lot. 
Uh, Rainbow Days was one of those shows where it was about a relationship and a few other relationships around them that was simple relationships that don't really get too heavy. It's romance that's very simple. Um, it, they do have issues within them, but they don't. They don't. It's not too heavy and overly dramatic. And that's kind of the thing that I like about this show, similar to Rainbow Days, is that it's not like doing anything that has me hooked and 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 waiting for that next moment. Like, what's going to happen with these two? Uh, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that happened between the two of them. It's just kind of simple drama that they kind of uh, have to work through, and then they progress through it, and then kind of move on with their their days. And that's that's kind of what I've been enjoying about it so far. Yeah, I I'm I I have a big problem with this show because it sold me on the idea that I was going to go in and meet these wonderful convenience store boys and I did not get that. But what I did get is some cute little couples that I I am liking their little stories. Um I I do find a simple charm to the way their relationships are kind of moving forward and the the subtle introduction of the um, next characters are coming through um, in in simple little tidbits where it'll be kind of a more uh, more important moment between Haruki and uh, Miharu and then you'll have um, the black hair girl uh, Kono... Kokono and uh, Natsu in in this other aspect and what what they're having to deal with. So it's it's softly introducing new characters while it's kind of putting the bow on this part of the wrapper for this. I thought I have to say though, Toa and Mommy's story was absolutely adorable. I I, I thought that I got a huge kick out of the two of them because it was this whole thing of she thinks he's teasing her and but he really likes her and she doesn't like that attention. And she's having this conversation with her friend about how she's always dreamed of this really smart and handsome boy, but there's this, you know, this, you know, guy that seems like a deadbeat wanting to, you know, get with her and she doesn't like it. It was, it was really cute. And of course it adds because it's Ryukajimi is, is voicing her. So I, I love it even more. So she's adorable. So yeah, I, I've been enjoying it a lot. And like I said, it, I guess it's just because it's a, it's a romance that's not too heavy and that's what I usually enjoy. So. Definitely check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Made in Abyss is our next one. This one's streaming on Amazon. Slated for 13 episodes. We're on episode 5 of it. Uh, studio is Kinema Citrus. The source is a manga. These genres are sci-fi, adventure, drama, and fantasy. And Made in Abyss takes place in... in that's made as in, like, making something. Made in Abyss. Somebody thought I was saying made, like a made outfit. Which would be no. really weird. That would be a cool show, though. That would be a really cool show. Anywho, Maiden Abyss takes place at this abyss. They, they, they call it the abyss. It's this big, gigantic hole of mystery, and there's all these artifacts in it, and people have built a civilization around it, and people that are, uh, will, that are you know, brave enough will go down into this abyss and collect the ancient technologies that are kind of sprinkled throughout it, different relics within it. Uh, and we follow this, uh, this crew of kids that are part of this orphanage, um, they are given whistles. They're, they're known as the the red whistles. Yeah, the red whistles. They're, they're, they're called something else, though. Anyways, these 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 kids um, are are pretty much used by the orphanage. They live for free in the orphanage because they're orphans. Um, but the orphanage also sends them to like the very basic beginnings of the abyss to collect artifacts to bring back to sell to support the orphanage. And this girl named Rico goes down there with her friend named Not. 
and at some point they both get attacked by this monster and are nearly harmed by it but then suddenly this beam appears destroys the monster scares it away and then uh uh Rico goes to where the source was and ends up finding this robot boy who she calls Regu and Regu is like a full robotic uh being and they of course know that it's going to be this kind of technology from this abyss and so they kind of hide the fact that he's a robot and get him to be able to join the orphanage. And later on, they kind of start getting into the fact that Rico's mother was what they call a white whistle, which is somebody who is very advanced as one of these people that go down in the abyss. And um, she never returned from the abyss because there's there's an element to the abyss that there's, of course, the dangers of the monsters within the abyss. Um, things get progressively more dangerous as the further you go down. But there's also this kind of other element, uh, which they call the abyss uh, sickness, which is that the further you go down, when you try to, when you come back up, it affects you. Like uh, they were talking about, they couldn't even go down past the second layer without, you know, you know, becoming woozy, maybe losing consciousness or puking if they were to come back up. Uh, and that's kind of one of the dangers to it. So if as people go further down into it. The idea of them returning is is like uh, becomes worse and worse, and the, the, even to the point where there's a certain point of the abyss that if they go to, they call it the suicide point, which is this point where the, if you go down there, you know you're never going to come back because the abyssal sickness will kill you pretty much, and so that's that that's an element that's kind of added to it, and that her mother has um, gone down to this point, and of course they later brought back her whistle and have pretty much crossed her off as being gone. And, of course, Riku has always wanted to go further and further down into this abyss. And um, the finding of her mother's whistle has even struck her even more that she wants to go down there. And so she's going to be listing the help of Regu to help her with that. And that's pretty much the opening segments of the show. And, um, yeah, I'll let you go first for once. First off, this show is gorgeous. I'm assuming you agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh the this show absolutely knows how to make an environment um it's very detailed very well thought out um the characters are enjoyable i love seeing what they're they're getting ready to do as they get, descend deeper and deeper into the abyss you you just love seeing the 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 interesting world that has been created as they they point out silly little things that doesn't seem like it should even matter um, that really do actually add this level of um, depth that obviously this person that wrote this obviously knows a little bit about nature. Um, silly little things like um, her pointing out these little not, uh, knots on this tree and saying that they all point north. Well, um, the, it's similar to the, uh, moss in, in, in the forest where it only grows on certain sides of the tree or, um, where she pointed out the leaves are always pointing in a certain fashion and, and the reasons why. So this world is really well thought out, obviously. Um, but at the same time, there is just this kind of, um, 
magical, whimsical nature to the world, and yet there's this danger that is involved. So they, they, one of the creatures that they showed recently had this certain thing that it did to trick adventurers, and that was such an interesting little tidbit that they threw in there. Um, needless to say, I really love it. I'm, I, I'm super excited about it. Can't wait to see more. Yeah. Uh, definitely the visual style is great. It, it's definitely got a different look to it than what most anime do. It has a, a sort of chibiness to it, which I think looks absolutely adorable. Um, they're doing a great job animating it. The The environments look beautiful. Great backgrounds, great visuals to all the characters and how they move around. So it just... it And it oozes charm from both the visuals and the characters themselves. I, I love a lot of the interactions with a lot of the orphanage, uh, orphans together. A lot of those interactions are fun, it's playful, uh, it's entertaining. Um, and then, of course, it always has this element of adventure, going into this unknown location, while always kind of having at the side of it this this element of danger. And <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm wondering how dark this is going to get, because it doesn't seem like it... It's It has the charm, and it has the fun, and it has the adventure, but it always has a sense of... But there's always a there's always a step that you can take that is going to be the wrong step and it's your last step kind of element to it they always harp on the idea of how dangerous it is and uh they show how dangerous it is um here and there and so i'm, I'm kind of worried about where it's going to go with these characters that i've 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 already grown attached to and i've i've, I've i love all the charm they're giving off and i i love the the what rico is after and the story of her mother was just absolutely fantastic um, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to what's going forward, but at the same time, I'm scared because <laughs> it's, 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 it does have, like it. it does have this weight to it that, that it's, it's hard to capture that. And it does capture it. Um, like, like we said, it did the, 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 the last creature, if, 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 if you've watched the last episode in particular, you, you know what I'm talking about. It did have this level of there is a danger in this creature. No, it didn't necessarily get to the level where um, we actually seen that danger fulfilled, but it did actually have a weight to it. And I do like that it keeps that. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, besides uh, trying to put it up against those that are kind of continuing the season, it's probably my favorite of the season so far. I'm, I'm really loving it. So Another one that I'm really loving is Magical Circle Guru Guru. Or magical, uh, magical um, Mahojin, Guru Guru, twenty seventeen version. Because apparently this has had many other seasons before. Uh, this one's streaming on Crunchyroll. It's slated for twenty four episodes, being done by Studio Production IG. The source is a manga, and these genres are adventure, comedy, magic, fantasy, and shonen. And this one is pretty much a personified parody of everything old school JRPG. There you go. Pretty much <laughs> follows a boy named Nikkei who uh, is pretty much like literally like thrown out of his family, literally thrown out of his family's uh, embrace into a slingshot and flung back to the kingdom because they're selecting a new hero that will go out and defeat the bad, big bad. And uh, Nikkei draws this this thing that proves that he's supposed to be the hero. Uh, he then he sent off to meet Kukuri, who is this girl who can control the power of the Guru Guru magic, which is extremely unpredictable and extremely powerful. And uh, the two of them go on an adventure to save the world. And shenanigans happen as 
the JRPG story continues. Uh, yeah, this one just kind of oozes. Uh, its style is so old school; it's not even funny. Um, so if you love like older shows uh, aesthetic, you're gonna get a lot of that with this one, and it's it encompasses pretty much all the JRPG uh, tropes, which could be hit or miss for some people. If you like the old JRPGs, you're going to love a lot of the humor that's in here. Um, and then kind of mixing with in there is just kind of the fun of these two characters going on an adventure together and uh, the shenanigans, shenanigans that they're kind of running into. So And Ponsu. And the, and the, or no, it was her butt. <laughs> Get her butt out of his mind. <laughs> She's more than just a butt. And, and crazy uh, poodle dogs. The poodle dog was crazy. <laughs> oh, this show is great. I love it. It it just has this, just the right amount of randomness, and at the same time, this it it, it hits the jokes time and time again, um, and it it does it at a certain pace that is not overwhelming, and yet it still can go. Even if it misses a joke, which there is those occasionally, I, I I I have to admit that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's sitting on those jokes too long. It keeps on moving on to the next joke. Move Except on. Except Udberg's dance. <laughs> yeah, but then they still made me laugh at it at the end. <laughs> you have to keep track of it. It actually possesses the great uh, a magical circle. <laughs> keep looking at. It. No, you can't make me look at his dance. Look at it. And then she gets like this way overpowered magic out of it. So absurd. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, Chris is like, why does this remind you of, of uh, Jungle Ba Hare Noichigu or, or Hare and Gu? And I was like, it's not really that it's Hare and Gu. It's just that it's got that aesthetic to it. And it's just got that goofiness to it that I just have not seen in a while. I thought it was Udberg. No. I thought that was the reason why you thought it no. was Gu. <laughs> no. No. Udberg can go away. A lot of fun. I love the I love the boss's speech too. He's like reading out of a book. <laughs> no, it, what was great was he kept looking down at the book. Yes, it was. It, you could see over. his eyes moving back down to the book. <laughs> and they have all the people coming up and singing, and there's flowing smoke <laughs> in the room, and yeah, goofy. And he throws a pot. The the rewarded pot that's been passed down from generation to generation. He chucks it in the river. It's a very important pot. Oh. Next one we have is Fastest Finger First, or Nana Maru Sanbatsu. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for 12 episodes, being done by studio TMS Entertainment. Sources of manga. These genres are game, school, and seinen. This one uh, this takes place in a school where Shiki is in, and the school is showing off their new clubs, and one of them happens to be a quiz study group. And uh, Shiki kind of gets an interest in the elements of the quiz school. He's kind of a smart guy. And he's kind of roped into checking it out. And they go to a competition and see how a uh, an actual quiz uh, competition actually works. The the button pressing and the, the different mechanics to how they solve the quiz questions quickly are all kind of unfolded within the first three episodes that you kind of get into. Uh, kind of a standard introduction to the mechanics of this particular story, which is essentially what kind of turned me off on it. Uh, yeah, I there's not much to say here with this show so far because it really has done nothing with the characters so far. 
I think for the thir- first three episodes, it's really just focused a lot on showing you what this game is that they play and how they play it and how you can play it better or or trick the system or how you can memorize certain uh, questions and pull off the buzzer quicker than anybody else. And yeah, that's not been really doing too much for me. So how about you? That's, that's pretty much been my problem. I... I I generally I warm to school or to uh, uh, sports shows c- kind of often, and this is c- kind of coming off as one of those shows that's that it is a sports show, but it's trying to be a club show, and it's not hitting either, it, and that's that's I think really kind of the problem with it, and it, and it and it makes it really kind of disappointing. It it's trying so hard to incorporate the fun of a sports show into the um the the mundaneness of a club show and and i think that that's where it's missing is these characters have to be fun and you have to end up caring about what they're doing and in the the problem is is that they they tried to shoot right straight into a competition and you still don't even know who the characters are per se. Yeah, you've got a quick introduction to them, but why do you care that they are going into this quiz show? Instead, you have another batch of characters because you're showing me all kinds of schools and you're implying that those schools are important in the long run. Well, I need to know who they are, but I still don't even know who my main cast is. Does that make sense? Well, that's what I was telling you when we got got the second, the third episode. Was I like, what sucks is they just basically had a competition where I didn't care who was going to win. So because I don't know who anybody is, or no, or if I should even care if they're going to win or not. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with it. You can't really keep introducing characters when we really haven't gotten to know any of. Them. I mean, as far as we know so far, is that Shiki Smart? And Mari is pretty good at breaking down a quiz bef- or quiz question before it kind of ends. Um, and the fact that Mari has a really... Again, this is another case where I don't know if it's the voice acting or if it's the... I know the voice actor for Mari is very new. I mean, she's only done like four things. Um, but she I don't know if it's that she doesn't fit that character. But, I mean, just the... The mouth, how wide it opens, and the tone of her voice, she just sounds so off, and it bothers me to no end. Um, but yeah, that's besides the point. Besides the point. Eh. Check it out if, you, if that sounds interesting to you. Um, that's his old trap, NTR. Uh, basically the same name in Japan, just Netsuzo Trap. Streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for 12 episodes. It's a short that are nine minutes each, uh, being done by studio creators in pack. And the sources of manga and the genres are drama and shoujo ai. And this one essentially follows a girl named Yoma who has a friend named Hotaru and their two boyfriends or each of their boyfriends. And the kind of the weird thing to this whole uh, relationship story, I guess I would just call it. <laughs> I was about to say romance. Uh, the relationship story is that uh, Hotaru claims that she's going to help Yoma in practicing kissing and in doing so they seem to have some kind of connection that happens between them yuma is not sure what hotro is doing hotro seems to be teasing her a lot but 
seems like Hotoro's advances to her seem to be getting stronger and stronger, while at the same time they're going out with these two boys who seem to be none the wise to what they're doing, except for one of them seems to figure it out. Um, yeah, this is one that I've actually read. I'm a li- I'm still a little bit further than where it's at right now with the fourth episode. It it gets really kind of dirty with how it treats the characters um, and very uh, abusive with some of the characters. I think we were talking in the preview where I wasn't really sure how they were going to adapt this, if they were going to do a good job of it, if they were going to tell a compelling story from the source material. Um, it seems to be following it pretty beat for beat, but at the same time, in the snippets that it's that it's putting together so far, it doesn't really feel like it's been telling a good enough story, but decides to you know tantalize the viewer into this relationship these two girls are having. Um, it does seem like it's picking up a little more just because it's getting into more of the rough stuff uh, with the recent episode. But um, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really compelled by the original manga story because it was really just kind of a pick up, browse through and throw down and say, I hate the world. So I'm not sure if I'm going to really enjoy it as an anime in the end because technically I wasn't really happy with the manga to begin with. Not that it was a bad story. It's just the fact that it's a very abusive story that I wasn't really too happy with. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm I'm headed with it. It looks like I'm getting ready to see a abusive relationship that I'm not really interested in seeing it. The two girls, they're fine. I I thought it was a cute little story between them. Um I do like Hotoro's kind of teasing nature towards Yuma. Um I I kind of like the um the possible drama that could come between Yuma and and Takeda not interested in the other guy at all <laughs> whatsoever because I see that where that's going and I don't want to see it. That isn't even a top bottom thing. I, I don't like it. it's NTR. It's straight into uh, abusive nature. And I'm not even interested in that. Uh, even though he watched Wolf Girl and Black Prince. That is a new totally game. different animal. <laughs> new game is our next one. New game with two explanation points. I'm cutting Chris off on purpose. <laughs> This is the second season of New Game, uh, streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes, uh, being done by Studio Studio Dogokobo again, uh, sources of four comma manga, and these genres are slice of life and comedy. For those that didn't watch the original New Game, you're a terrible person, go watch it. Uh, but New Game essentially follows this girl named Ioba, who just fresh out of the university and going to join her dream job, which is working at this game development company who created this game that she fell in love with when she was a kid. And she's so excited that she gets to work in that company. And lo and behold, she actually gets to work with the character uh, designer of the game that she loves so much. And she coming in there rendering characters and learning the trade of creating video games. And again, for those who don't know, this was essentially a manga that was created by an actual game developer. So that was kind of one of the more interesting things about it, getting an insight into the world of game development albeit not as high crazy drama and serious as you would think the world of game development would be uh it's more of a cute girls doing cute things in a fun environment uh you know getting into the tidbits of making video games uh rendering things uh character designs bug testing all those kind of things mixed into there because you have a character who is one of the debuggers who works with one of Ioba's friends as an intern. Um, you get Nico, who is the character designer, um, the director, uh, the the action motion character, stuff like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. We really loved the first season of New Game. 
Uh, coming to the second season, it seems like it actually changes its tone quite a bit. I'm actually really surprised with how uh, not hugely different it is from the first season. The first season really did feel like an introduction for Elba. She's learning new things. She's learning about this new company. Coming to the second season, she's already been there for a year now. They're going into the next project. Um, so a lot of the mystery for her in learning her her work environment, meeting the people that are in the work environment, is now gone. Now it's more kind of, now you're comfortable here, let's move forward. And it's getting more into her, getting more responsibilities, and um, and more about, uh, I guess, the, the responsibilities that she's getting and the project they're moving on into, uh, the issues with certain people being kind of moved around. And so it kind of feels... I almost want to say it's dropped a bit of the comedy away and more gotten more into the serious tones of the business um, as a result. Uh, I still think a lot of the goofiness and and uh, lightheartedness is more in like Nene and her relationship with Imoko, who was the uh, the debugger. Um, but I think for the most part, when it gets around centered around Ioba, it's 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 gotten a lot more serious than the first season, which is kind of surprising. I'm not sure if you've agree or disagree or have noticed that i i i will admit that it does feel a little bit more serious in tone but i don't think that it's lost a lot of its um lightheartedness it still has this charm about it that um just in the interactions in themselves i mean even when ko uh gets onto alba it does feel like there is a definite response and a a kind of lingering frustration between the two characters, but there is a definite um, desire to um, reconcile be- their their differences and move on with the project. They, so, yeah, there is a more serious aspect to it, but it still does feel like it has this lighthearted charm and 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 fun loving group of that these fun loving group of girls do have. Well, me saying it's going serious isn't a negative to it whatsoever. No, no, I'm not. I do agree that it definitely still has its charm. I just think it's it's before it really felt like a 70-25 between the the comedy and the and the more serious tones where this one seems like it's moved more towards I don't know 60 to to 40 on the on the seriousness being 60 um as as opposed to the original series. I I just think uh it's just one of those things where I was I really loved a lot of the comedy in the first one, so having less of that is is what's kind of the the only kind of that kind of sucks. I like what you're giving me, but it, that kind of sucks to kind of lose a lot of that. Um, it does seem like it it's acknowledging what people liked with the first season a lot more. Uh, it was a lot of butt shots in that first episode. It really did seem like, hey, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not shy away from that at all. Definitely love Nene and Umiko though. They're they're just absolutely adorable together. Uh, Nora, Princess, and Stray Cat. The next one, Nora to Ojo to Noreneko Heart. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll. There are three-minute shorts. There's 12 going to be total. Uh, being done by Studio W-Toon Studio. Sources of visual novel, comedy, etchy are the genres. I have no clue what this show is about. It's a cat. Uh, I think it used to be a person, got turned into a cat. And, uh, um... A bunch of girls are fighting it. random, um comedy a bunch of girls are fighting over whether or not they should be the ones that kiss him yeah there was also this other girl who got knocked out or was sleeping and her sister showed up and she didn't want to and then there was a headache at some point um that was you oh oh yeah that's right (laughs) 
it, it's just more of the the recent surgeon absolutely fast-paced random comedy so if you're into that kind of stuff there's there's another show for you to check that out um, i'm trying to think of the name of one of them but i think i'm blanking TQ. out there you go tq uh princess principal this one's streaming on amazon slated for unknown amount of episodes being done by studio actus and studio three hertz and these sources and original genres are action and this one takes place in 19th century london there is this kingdom of Albion who has seemed to be, you know, created a new technology that has made it the lead in the world um, in uh, military power. Like I think it's the gravity thingy that they were using. But anyways, uh, they got split. Uh, this wall divides it by west and east. Uh, essentially, the Commonwealth and the and the the kingdom of Al- Al- Albion. And uh, with this wall being erected, there is this kind of constant struggle between the two sides because of the with the use of spies. And we follow one set of spies, which are Ainge, who is this girl who seems to be able to control gravity, uh, Hime, who is actually a princess of the uh, the kingdom itself, uh, although she is one of the last <laughs> in the line up for the crown. Um, Beatrice, who is her, um, her servant, who is, uh, very, very loyal to her. Dorothy, who seems to be more of the, uh, seductress of the group. And then Chise. She's the driver. Yes, she's also the driver. She's also seductress. Uh, and there's also Chise, who is this girl who is an incredible fighter with a sword. And the five of them essentially go out and do different, um, tasks, uh, for this particular spy group for their means yeah uh the first one the first episode kind of opened up where all the characters were kind of together they were um working to uh help this individual who was trying to defect with some information and was requesting help to get over the wall that divides the two kingdoms or two areas of the kingdom um and then the second episode was getting more into it kind of jumped back to how they met Hime, the princess and how this princess came to actually joining a group of spies, which was actually pretty interesting. And then the recent episode, they, they kind of got into uh, Beatrice in an episode, and then we got into a little bit into Chise, but not really a full episode of Chise, which was kind of a little disappointing. I thought they were going to kind of get an episode each and kind of build the party together, but that's fine. But yeah, uh, aesthetically, I love this show. It has a really old-school Lennon look to it. Um, it does kind of have a weird kind of pseudo technology to it with the gravity stuff and the the steam elements and the the different uh look to the environments they're actually in i love the aesthetic of this show full and through the character designs are great uh, being done by of course actus and studio three hertz they have a character design to them that are i really really like with like girls on panzer and stuff um, absolutely loving the show uh for the aesthetic Outside of that, the the story itself, no, nothing overarching plot that I'm really too interested in. I do like the element of Hime being this princess that uh, is the lowest on the totem pole for the crown and how she might be using the spies to gain the crown because obviously she might see that she is better fit for it or she sees that there's corruption in there that she wants to undo. Um, so I do like that element to it. Uh, outside of that, I think a lot of the characters are great. I think that Anji, uh, they've already shown me that she's more than just a stone-faced girl. Um, the first episode really opened up with her being pretty brutal, which was a little bit off-putting. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, she always lies, <laughs> even to the end. Um, 
they showed how brutal she was, but then like a later part, it really shows that there's more to her, which was kind of really cool. Uh, Beatrice was way cute. I love her little, uh, her issue with her voice box. Her story was bad. So bad. (laughs) It's like every one of these characters has something to them that makes me want to hug them and be sad. Um, so yeah, I, I love all the characters so far. I, I love the aesthetic. I love the setting. Um, a lot of the, 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 the things they've done so far the, I was kind of mixed on the first uh, story it was it was really brutal um, I was really sad about the guy's sister <laughs> um, the second one was really had a, a lot of cool suspense to it because it had them kind of trapped in the location and trying to figure out a way of getting out of the situation um, and the third one getting into Beatrice working with Anj was really really cool uh, a lot of really cool actiony moments um, I, I really have no fault with the show so far I've, I've really been enjoying it <laughs> my fault was the first episode <laughs> coming into the show i was like i was blown away Cute by how, slashing up people yeah, yeah it, i was blown away by how brutal it was i was like oh my gosh i don't know that i can do this um and i don't know there was something about the second episode that really really charmed me with these characters and it really really shifted my my perspective on it and I don't, I still think it's a very dark show, but the characters have really drawn me in and I'm really, really enjoying seeing what they're doing. I'm still scared because the show is so dark, but at least I have these characters that hopefully they won't get hurt too bad. <laughs> Keep looking cute. Stop slashing people in half. Uh, what was yeah. really cool because the first episode was really kind of their. Uh, their skills of action and the second episode was really their skills of mind and I think that's what kind of helped is the fact that you kind of see them thinking and and working through something with their own uh, mind and their own quirks so maybe that was the difference there I, I guess also the fact they weren't chopping people in half or, or shooting each other um, <laughs> next show we have is Altair a record of battles or Shokuku no Altair this one's streaming on Amazon don't know how many episodes it's going for. Probably 24, I would assume. Uh, Studio Mappa is the w- company working on it, and that's why I think it's going to be 24, at least. Uh, sources of manga. The genres are adventure, historical, drama, fantasy, and shonen. And this one follows a guy named Mahomet. Or Mahomet. Did they say Mahomet, or did they say Mahomet? I think Mahomet. I don't remember. Anyways, it, it looks like it's Mahomet. So no, this guy they named kept Moment. calling him Pasha. Yeah, I know, but that was later. Uh, <laughs> Moment, uh dreamed of joining the uh, divan of Turkey, uh, Stratocracy, as a Pasha. And these Pasha are essentially multiple people within this kind of uh, group meeting, which they kind of decide everything within the kingdom. And the reason that he wanted to join so badly is because in his childhood, his entire village was destroyed during this war. Um, and he vowed to kind of keep war from ever happening again. So he felt the best way to do that was to become a Pasha and join this, uh, this group to help keep war from happening. He's a very smart guy. He's one of the, he's the youngest ever to become a Pasha. And now that he's in that position, he is trying his hardest, even though it seems like nothing he's doing is really even involving the Pasha aspects of himself. He's more just, you know, going out there and getting it done. Um, but yeah, it, it's essentially there, they have this, uh, empire that's nearby and the empire really badly seems to have people within it that are trying to cause a war to happen. And he's trying to basically offset it by making it not happen. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, very interesting setting. It feels very Arslan Senki and the idea of the aesthetic. It's in the same say, setting and time. I was going to say the biggest problem of the show is it's not Arslan Senki. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it in certain ways, it, it definitely, uh, stands up from Arslan Senki and the fact that, uh, Shashra, who is absolutely adorable, is a belly dancer and she's quite cute. <laughs> Go watch Maggie and t- then come back to me and we'll talk about whether or not she's cute. She's way cute. And uh no, I I think I think that so far the show is good and and not it is kind of bouncing back and forth for me because a lot of the situations it's not really interesting throughout the entire episode, but it does have its moments where it kind of stands out as a really cool little show. Um, a lot of the aesthetic is great. I like his fighting style. He's very different than what you would normally expect somebody to be fighting with. He has like a chain that has a whistle on it and he uses, uh, his, uh, pet bird that is very loyal to him to, uh, fix a lot of the situations and fight. Um, which is not the same as Arslan's bird. He just used Daryum. <laughs> Daryum is his, is his bird. Um, he doesn't have a Daryum. That does kind of suck, but yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been okay so far. I mean, it, it hasn't been doing too much too uh, too much too heavy. I think it really was just kind of a build up to where he's going going in the future. Because um, essentially, he became a pasha, and then now it's got him kind of having to do something else. And I think that's really where the story is going to come from his uh, from this particular um, anime. So we'll see. You silly jabs Besides aside, Arson. <laughs> Silly jabs aside, um, I think that it does have the potential, some some decently solid um, writing in there. Um, Ibrahim's uh, kind of uh, moral dilemma, per per se, was was an interesting one, and how uh, our our friend Muhammad went in there to kind of deal with the situation was 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 well done, and it did have some. Um, some repercussions for pretty much all parties involved. So I do like the way that that kind of unfolded. So I do think that it has some decently solid uh, writing that could translate to a solid show. He just doesn't like Shahra for some reason. Huh? He just doesn't like Shahra for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> she's really cute. I never said she Angel's wasn't cute. <laughs> well, every time I say she's cute, he's like, well, you didn't watch this person. It's like, well, I don't care. I like her. Okay. Get over it. Angels three pieces. My one. joke was okay. It's not Arslan, and I was also making points that okay, if you like her, she would be. You did not a word like that. that. You did not word like that at all. Angels three pieces. Yes, I did. No, you did. I did that like four weeks ago when we first started jo- watching the show. <laughs> no, Tenchi no three pieces. Our next one streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for twelve episodes. Uh, project number nine is a studio based off a light novel. And it's a music slice of life and school genres. This one follows Kyo, who is a shut-in. He's not going to school because something happened. Um, he does nothing but basically create uh, music on his computer. And at some point, he gets an email from somebody that says that he wants to meet him because he likes his music. And he's thinking it's going to be some business worker. Some guy in a suit or something like that. So he goes out and meets him. Um, turns out this little girl named June shows up and tugs on his <laughs> sleeve and says, "Hey, uh, I'm the one that you were, you know, sent you the email, and I want you to help me." So they they go no, back. You to, should have done that in a lolly voice. No, I'm not doing that. Nay, 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 summer. 
<laughs> Anyways, they go back to, uh, they take her and the other two girls show up, these other two girls that are with her, and they bring him back to their orphanage or this church where they're at, and they basically enlist his help to try to make music for them so they can play for a concert, and they want to have the concert at the church, um, proposedly to maybe save it or something. Uh, so yeah, he's kind of struggling with the idea of wanting to help these girls. Of course, there's a, the stigma of him being alone with all these little girls and somebody wondering why he's alone with all these little girls. Uh, but they are really uh, passionate about trying to save this church and um, and really love his music. So they want him to help him. And they're really, really good at music, surprisingly enough. So yeah. Uh, this one, I guess, is in the realm of really cute show. Um, I wouldn't say in the realm of cute girls doing cute things. It's, it's It has a narrative it's going for, and that's the idea that this guy is a shut-in. Uh, he has issues, of course, with being out in the open or going back to school. Um, there's these girls who are trying to help um, this particular church. That means a lot to them because they were orphans, and this, this is their home. Uh, they kind of bring in this other girl that know, knew uh, Kyo from the past, and her... Uh, possible connections to things, and that was really, really cute. Uh, so it does have kind of a narrative that it's going for. Um, I just don't think it really is doing anything too much to exceed in most things. But for the most part, it's been a it's been a cute show that hasn't really uh, impacted me too much, except for maybe uh, the recent story with the other girl, which I guess is the first story that they really kind of dived into a character. So I can't really say it's not going to do that with all the characters eventually. So, yeah, it's cute. This is show by rock for lollycons. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> it's an absolutely adorable show. Um I've I very much enjoyed the um the interactions. I think that it has a very good charisma between the the characters. Um it does slide into that that etchy ter- territory. So be aware of that if you're an, if you are kind of turned off by that. But for the most part, it's been pretty much clean, and it's had a lot of fun just doing their little story. Yeah, it was kind of funny because the first episode was really uh, I was I was thinking it was going to go straight into etchy stuff, and then uh, first episode was like, okay, this is actually you know, being very mature about this. And then the second episode happens. And I'm like, Nope, never mind. <laughs> They're going for lollycon stuff. So, okay, there you go. So do they children. This is probably under maiden abyss, probably the best of the season. So, so we, or, uh, in Japan, it's so children. Cause I don't think they can say D. <laughs> uh, this was streaming on Crunchyroll, slated for an unknown amount of episodes. They're 12 minutes each. They're shorts, uh, being done by studio Gokumi. He sources a four comma manga, and these genres are comedy, romance, school, and shonen. I don't remember any of the characters looking like that. Yeah, unfortunately, they don't really have character <laughs> art for these characters. Like, could you say the? You remember the the crazy guy that was trying to help the girl after she got rejected? Right. I, Does I she look anything him. like that? They changed her art oh, just like that. What that is? Oh, yeah, okay. she's the one that punched him and kicked him. I was gonna say I don't see her on here. I see him. Yeah, I, I paired them here. It's just, yeah, that that looks nothing like her. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this is this is basically a short. That it essentially, is like I would say uh, they're really quick. I would say probably four or five little clips or snippets of uh, uh, situations between two people 
in a 10, 12 minute short. So it, it is jumping around like crazy. It does a really quick skip between two characters and how they meet. And then it jumps to the next person and it goes into what their relationship is and what it means to them. And then it jumps to the next one. It's very, very quick on how it kind of rapid fire jumps around each character, which I thought would be very, very jarring and annoying, but it just kind of works. Uh, this show has been absolutely, it jumps back and forth between being Oh, that's way too cute and adorable. That's way cute and awkward. That's hilarious. That's cute. That's hilarious. That's awkward, cute. This is hilarious. All over the place with each one of these characters. And thankfully, since it's anime and you kind of have that different hair color and obvious aesthetic to each character and their designs, I haven't had too much of a problem with remembering who's each as they're kind of seemingly at the last episode, they kind of jump back with the uh, previous ones they've gone into already. And I'm still kind of keeping track as to who's who. And I've just, I've enjoyed every single one of the little skits. I don't think there's a single skit that I haven't either loved for the fact that it was funny, cute, or just awkward cute. So, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I think this is easily one of those ones that uh, should not go under people's radars. Yeah, it, it started out, I, I thought it was some kind of a um, play on the Sundete thing. And the first episode, I kind of thought that's what it was especially as it started going on and then slowly the characters started deviating into these different realms and each character is so vastly different i don't know how i ever thought they were very similar i just thought it was a different take on different versions of sundere and no it's not it's very different characters very different interesting little tidbits between them different reasons why they have their own little uh awkward uh, reasons why they like each other so it's been a lot of fun I've uh, yeah go watch it yeah 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 highly recommend oh <laughs> you want to skip this one <laughs> Vatican Miracle Examiner or Vatican Kiseki Cho Sakan this one's streaming on Amazon slated for 12 episodes being done by studio JC staff uh, based off a novel and this one's genres are mystery, supernatural, and drama. Um, this one is about uh, the the members of the Catholic Church in the Vatican City. There's this assembly of saints, which include the miracle investigators. And these miracle, miracle investigators will essentially go out to different locations and investigate miracles, as it is kind of titled. Um, and so they kind of judge if something is truly a miracle or if it's a hoax or if it's maybe witchcraft or whatever um, and they make their judgment uh, yeah <laughs> I was very much so looking forward to the show a lot because it just looked very serious it looked very like it could do some really rough stuff with the characters um, have a lot of thought provoking stuff in there it's just I think it struggles with the fact that it's the pacing's all over the place. I think somebody that I guess the storyboarder is not doing a good job with it or directing. It just it feels like a jumbled mess. And before I can before I can kind of process what happens in a scene, it kind of jumps to the next one and it jumps to the next one and jumps to the next one. And there's a lot of names throwing around, and it, it doesn't take the time to explain why they come to certain conclusions with certain situations. I just, I think it's got a cool story in there. I just think it's kind of messed up by how it's being directed. So I, I haven't, this is one of those cases where I think either 
if the story, maybe the story is that bad or that jumbled. I don't know. But I think this is really one of those cases where I think it has something cool here, but I don't think they're pulling it off well enough, I guess is where I would put it. Um, I, I, I hate this. I, I got, I got bored of it real quick. It just was dark. I kind of checked out pretty quick. So take that for what it is. The Virgin Mary was not Moe enough. Yeah. There Yeah. <laughs> I don't want no lollies Elegant. in this one because it would have been nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is technically was one and, uh, oh, I guess it would be more infant. Elegant yokai apartment life is our next one. Or yokai apartment no yuga na nishisho. Uh, this one's streaming on Crunchyroll. Slated for an unknown amount of episodes, probably until the world ends, like all yokai sh- things, stories go. Uh, studio is Shinnei Animation. Source is a novel. Genres are slice of life, mystery, and supernatural. And like I kind of got a joke about earlier, uh, and I got a joke to, uh, with this with Chris, was, uh, yeah, this is a yokai show. Um, so you know what you're getting into. It's going to be in the same realm as the one that we watched a couple seasons ago. I forget the name of it. Um, it's something like uh, Natsumi's Book of Friends, that kind of element where it has different yokais mixed in and how they kind of deal with these situations. Uh, the main story around that is that there's this guy named Yoshi, or Yushi, who uh, is going to go to school. You kind of find out that he, he lost his parents and he's been living with some relatives, and it doesn't seem like he's too welcome there. So he's really looking forward to going off and, and going on into a dorm and living alone and not having to worry about bothering this family. Uh, but his place that he's going to be living at, the dorm, sets on fire and burns down. So uh, while it's kind of being rebuilt or fixed or whatever, uh, he f- is trying to find another place to live because he doesn't want to go back to his uh, the place that he's living at currently. Uh, and he ends up finding this really, really cheap apartment to live at. And when he goes there, it kind of looks like it's overgrown with plants. And when he gets inside, he realizes that it's actually a place that houses... It's like a it's a middle area between the living and the dead where they can all kind of uh, meet together. And they all live in there together. And, of course, he gets an apartment there. So he's living there as well. He's trying to figure out if he wants to. Um, and meeting different yokai that are actually living there, if they're dangerous or not. Trying to figure that out. And, um, yeah. So that's been the gist of it so far. Kind of introductions with the first episode, then getting in more into um, kind of what he can possibly do, and then getting into a quick story with this this little boy named Cootie, which was pretty screwed up. So yeah, been fun so far. I've I've very much enjoyed this. Um, it's been a lot of kind of soft introduction to uh, unfortunately an ensemble cast. So it it I do know that it's kind of taken a little bit of a hard time for them to get going and obviously they have some decent solid uh uh writing in here uh after watching Kuri's story and seeing how that kind of worked out i can't wait to see some of the other characters and how their their stories are going to intertwine in this whole thing i love the crazy antics in between each one of the characters um i'm really really in in uh enjoying kind of uh the 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 kind of silly twisted nature of the world and how they're introducing the yokai and how they kind of fit into the world. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. I I think the only thing that kind of keeps bugging me on it is that it, it, like I said earlier, I've, I've watched a lot of yokai shows and this is probably the one that I think is 
lower i wouldn't say it's lower than what was the last show that we watched i can't remember the name of it i can't either and and i know exactly which one you're talking it, about it's, it's not the lower one. huh the one with fuzzy yeah fuzzy um it's not lower than that one um in the in the realm of these always have a character and the character has something to them and then there's the yokai and how they deal with that yokai and this one's kind of it doesn't have the character to go with it the yokai story is good but they're also yokai stories that are kind of intertwined a lot of their lore, so they're, you'll often see a lot of similarities between them, each one of them. Not to say it's bad, I just think that the characters aren't really that strong. I think it still has a great foundation with the yokai stories, so I, I'm assuming it'll still be strong in that regard, so, yeah. And the last one we have, well, technically the last one, is Classroom of the Elite, or Yokoso Jitsu Ryoko uh, Ryuku Shijo. Shugi no Koyoshitsu. Koyoshitsu. E. Or Yi. Something like that. Streaming on Crunchyroll. Uh, don't know how many episodes it's going to go for. Be done by Studio Lursh. Uh, sources a light novel. Comedy, romance, school, and drama are the genres. Uh, this basically follows Ayano Koji, who joins this elite school that is pretty much the cream of the crop location to go. If you go there, you'll be pretty much guaranteed some of the best jobs in the world. Um, it's completely, like, government-run. It's very, very prestige. Um, he somehow manages to get in there, even though it sounds like he got a pretty bad entrance uh, uh, examination. Um, but, yeah, what the kind of the twist to this particular story is that when they come into the school, they think it's going to be the greatest thing ever. They're actually issued, like, tons of money. They, they give these little phones, and they have points on it, and that points is used anywhere in the school. They're given... Uh, facilities for everything they need and they can use these points on them and they're given a ton of them. People are buying like consoles with that money and stuff in the month. Um, and the interesting thing is that they are all expecting that they're going to get this like every month, but it turns out that at the end of every month, they're actually uh, judged based off of the other classes and how they do, how their grades are, what they do in the school are all kind of judged and their points will go down or up and the lowest of the totem pole gets the least gets no points. Um, and as they go up the totem pole, they get more points uh, distributed to them. And of course, within the first month, uh, they did a crappy job because they're part of this like the worst class, and they have too many people that are kind of screwing around. Um, and so that kind of I mean that's where it kind of gets really serious. At that point where they realize, wow, we have to do a better job, or we're not going to be able to eat, and we're going to get kicked out of the school because. They start flunking people. If they flunk, they're kind of immediately kicked out. Um, so they're all trying to work together, try to do better. And, of course, they have a lot of people that don't care to do the system, what the system wants them to do. And that's kind of the kickback they're getting so far. So um, I wasn't too sure about this going into it. I was kind of intrigued as to what the hook was going to be. They ended up pulling in some pretty cool points to it, especially with the initial hook. Um, a pretty cool little thing they did with one of the characters who didn't want to work with them. Um, I couldn't stand Hirokita. I think she's just one of those characters that I just I, I get sick of really quickly. Um, don't ever care for them. Um, so she was kind of ruining the show for me. And it sucked because one of the characters I was liking, they did the usual stupid thing with them. And I was like, why'd you... There was, there was two routes I could see that character going in. It was either being broken by the system or being the secretly evil character. And they did that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're really doing this stupid thing. Stop! I don't. It, it's been done, and I and I've never liked it before. It just ruined the show for me. It's like I was having fun, and then that moment happened. And I was like, Burr. 
why do we do this? It just left a bad taste in my mouth. What are you thinking? I I'm I've I've always I from the beginning I was kind of mixed on this show. Um, I it feels like it's gonna be dark. I don't know kind of how they're gonna pull that off and. And so going through it, I did end up kind of starting to be interested in it, um, but more on a surface level. So it's it's one of those that I'm I'm vaguely interested in seeing where it goes from here. The characters have never haven't really kind of grabbed me per se, um, and I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm mixed on it. I'm I'm interested in in a from a surface level. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, I kind of like the main characters and his, and his ability to kind of uh, be very totally neutral, but at the same time pretty uh, quick with the whips at the other characters. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does kind of have an issue with a lot of characters, and a lot of the characters not really appealing to me. But it does, like I, I agree with you, it does have that surface level interest in there. Um, mainly how the system works is, is really where a lot of the, the interest kind of comes for me. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, we watched a couple other ones, but really didn't get too much into them to kind of give a, a perspective. Like, uh, Sayuki Reload Blast was technically a, a later season. I, we kind of dropped that really quickly, realizing that. Uh, Reflection didn't really... Uh, I didn't get too much into that. I didn't really like the aesthetic to it. Um, it Re- Reflection was interesting to me. I, but And I do think it looks good. I don't care for the coloring, I think is more my problem with it. But otherwise... I think that it moves a little too slow. The actual movement of the show feels slow. But other than that, I think it looks good, per se. And Fox Spirit Matchmaker, we realized that was like a fifth season or something like that. So we oh, was didn't it? really get into that too mm-hmm. much. So, yeah. That's everything. That's the summer 2017 anime season. We hope you guys enjoyed our first impressions. Don't hate us too much. Don't love us too much. We love you too. Uh, you can, if you want to chime in for certain shows, if you liked or didn't like them, definitely let us know. We have a uh, actually a, a seasonal podcast discussion forum on our forums at TalkSpirit.com. So you can go there, find the show that you want to talk about, and actually chime in there as well. We'd actually prefer you do that. That way you don't you know get spoilers for anybody else in the in the thread for this one. Um, but yeah, that's that's going forward. We will definitely be jumping into the discussional podcast. We'll have some topic ideas between now and our reviews for the season. So definitely look forward to that. We thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed, and y'all take care. Oos!
Hello, you're listening to the Talkie Spirit MACast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. We're from the TalkieSpirit.com website, where you can go for our news reviews, coverage, and little Emmy, as well as our one I really need to change the opening. <laughs> no, then you'll you'll mess it up ten times worse. I want to do a slogan from anime fans for anime fans. Yeah, I, but nobody will come up fan. with one. Well, we did the from anime fans for anime fans and it worked. Then do it. I just I can't get my mind to to do it. <laughs> like the last time I tried to do it, I said something different, and I was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> hey, we have a dog. That's a perfect intro, dog. <laughs> Any time now. <laughs> Mackenzie, come here. Mackenzie, come here, baby. She don't trust you. Come here. It's like you watch those crazy shows. I don't trust you. Look what you did. This is all your fault. I was having fun, and then that moment happened, and I was like, why do we do this? It just left a bad taste in my mouth. What are you thinking? Um, <coughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've always...